seconds after the hour of 11, and this the month of February, in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making a part of your listening day. We are live from the lushly appointed, yet not overly ostentatious studios of AM 970, the talker. This, my friends, is the Rick Emerson radio program, an excursion into amusements of all varieties, manners, matters, fashions, and forms. Uh, it is 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Uh, 733 If you'd like to join us today with your comments, questions, clarifications, uh, comments, musings, natterings, uh, whatever it is you might have today. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. By the way, if you are keeping a running tally at home of douchebag guys who get engaged to hot girls, you can add one more. Mandy Moore, engaged to Ryan Adams. No. There you go. They dated a long time ago, and he treated her like crap. That's because he's an ass. He is an ass. Anyone who can't take good-natured Brian Adams heckling? Seriously, and here's the thing. If, you're, if your name is Ryan Adams, and you decide to go into a career in rock and roll, you then and you don't change your name, you cede your right to be upset about it when a guy goes, Just play Summer 69! <laughs> uh, well, what are you going to oh, do? Oh, man. I know. We should have told her to stay away from him when we had her on the show. When we, we should have warned her when we had the chance. I blame myself, Sarah. 
Well, all right. It is uh, the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-733-3270. It is Thursday, and welcome to Day 12. It's an action-packed program today, and I don't say that lightly. Uh, it really is the case that today's program is just uh, it is packed to overflowing. It is 40 pounds of mud in a 3-pound. You know, you know what today's program is? It's a size 18 show in a size 4 dress. That's what today's show is. Uh, I'm just going to work backwards today. Uh, coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, Portland icon, legend, and I would say the gold standard uh, for drag, Darcel will be in the studio with us. That's in the 2 o'clock hour. So excited. Not as excited as somebody else I know. I'm just saying, if Richie's Facebook status were a mental state, it would be... Richie is filled with fear and apprehension that Darcel will judge him unmercifully Honestly, and unfavorably. He should be a little nervous. I mean, Darcel is the standard. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's where you eventually want to end up. I mean, this is basically like an audition for you. By the way, Richie is holding false bosoms in his hand. He has actual falsies that he has brought with him that will simulate uh, dirty pillows if he hadn't. So, uh, so in the 2 o'clock hour, Darcel is going to be in the, uh, in the studio with us. That is all uh, in aid of, well, a lot of things, but also because of Oscar Night America, which is coming up Sunday, uh, February 22nd, at the Hollywood Theater. That is a, uh, a benefit for Film Action Oregon. Uh, you can find out that more about that at filmaction.org. So uh, Sarah, Richie, myself, and Tim Riley will all be there. We're going to be uh, presenting and hosting and emceeing uh, that night's event. So that's at the Hollywood Theater, Sunday, February 22nd. Find out more at filmaction.org. So... Uh, Darcel in the 2 o'clock hour today. Our good friend Davey Nipples is going to be dropping by the uh, studio later on. We'll see what he's been up to. Dave Walker will join us uh, for the news. Let's see what else. Dorothy Carthus. Hello. Hi. I'm a professional broadcaster. Dorothy Carthusary for the National Enquirer uh, will join us as well. Don't forget, one random on-air caller today wins a copy of NASCAR, The Ride of Their Lives on DVD. The Ride of Their Lives is coming to DVD, narrated by Academy Award winner Kevin Costner. This adrenaline-filled journey takes you through the history and heroes of NASCAR. It is the story of NASCAR told by the legends who lived it, a must-own uh, for all NASCAR fans, available from Paramount, Home Entertainment, CMT Films, and NASCAR Media Group. That is NASCAR, The Ride of Their Lives, on DVD, the one random on-air caller today. We'll also have the Glorious Bastard of the Week and another Happy Valentine's Day or Not uh, breakup story Pro Flowers. Dot com. That's coming up. Uh, we will do Lost in 342 coming up here in just a few minutes. Chris Paddock will be joining us in the studio. We're going to be recapping uh, last night's... Uh, it was a brand new episode, right? Because they don't do reruns Last night was the best episode to date. Really? It Ever? Was, um, yeah. It was so good. And it, I think next week... It's on It's on an, uh, on an incline. But yeah, incline. It's heading up. It's getting better. Next week looks like it's just going to be epic. So this is the, what, the fourth season? Fifth season. Fifth, season. fifth season. Okay, and you're saying hands down this is the best you've seen? Because it's starting to make more sense. Because um, yeah, because things are starting to come together a little bit, and like now you're seeing people. What is wrong with my microphone? Today? I don't know. Well, the, the screws are all stripped out in there, I think, and so it doesn't want to. We'll have it cinched up. Your microphone needs. To, your microphone needs to get back in the game, Sarah. I know. Okay. I, we need. Me. We need to get Mike Dicka in here to do some sort of a uh, <laughs> some sort of advertisement for a mic fix. No, last night it was amazing. It was. It was everything I wanted it to be, but, you know, of course, like last, it's always, it's completely confusing. Right. I saw this great article online, and, and it's a great article, even though I, there was no point in me reading it because it wouldn't make any sense, but it was, it was something about some quantum physicist who was actually analyzing the time travel in Lost as though it were real, because, you know, this, 
There's a scientist who say, because I think they're just screwing with us. There's a, sometimes scientists, like Stephen Hawking actually says this, the time travel is theoretically possible, which, just between you and I, I think that they're just making that up. I think that's a thing that really brainy scientists do just to see if the rest of the gullible populace will go along with it. Mm. But there are certain scientists who say that they believe that time travel is possible in some weird sort of theoretical way. But it is this entire analysis of the time travel on Lost and, and how it would actually work if it happened in the real world. So, anyway, so we will do uh, Lost at 3.42. That's coming up here in a bit. Uh, Geek Watch coming up today. Uh, I think we have a snuff watch at some point. And I don't know if this is the worst story ever, but it's bad. It's so bad that I just... Bless you. Bless you, Richie. It's so bad that I almost want to read the first sentence here just so we can get it out of the way. But okay, I... Do it, do it. Well, before we do anything else, I'll just say it's 503-733-2970 if you would like to uh, join us today. 503-733-2970. You can also email if you like. It's rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah at 970.am or Richie with a T uh, at 970.am. Um, I'll just read this one sentence here, and then we will uh, we'll plunge on boldly ahead as only we can. Oh, by the way, we'll have... Uh, We'll have more Facebook poetry uh, coming up later on in the program. Sorry, friends. I already printed it out. You can't change your status. Honed. <laughs> All right. We need to find a title for that. Ooh, and we have to do the big Facebook uh, synchronization as well. Yes, yes. Let me know what, what I should be writing. Well, we should... Uh, should we do that now? Since well, it's the beginning of the show? So let's do that. We'll do the Facebook synchronization. I'll read this one sentence from this awful story. Then Chris Paddock will join us, and we'll do Lost in 342. Uh, don't break. We'll come back with Lisa Desjardins. Okay, so what should we tell people? I think it needs to be one message for everybody everywhere. And I want to have one message for people in Portland, and then maybe one message for people everywhere else. So, Okay, if, I'm ready to go. I think, we sh- I think it should direct people to the station site, not to... You know, because so it's should on- I write about myself in the third person? Like, Sarah wants you to head to... 970.am. Well, listen. no, wait, are we doing yours or are we doing the listeners? No, we're doing... Okay. So like it wouldn't make any... Dash, listen, like, head to 970. Well, in other words... I don't understand. What, don't you... I, I don't know. Airlock! Okay. <laughs> here's what I'm saying. You just tell me what you're right and I'll put it back. No, no, no. No, but here's... No, stop. Because I don't know. I think we're on two different pages here. I don't think we're talking about the same thing. I'm talking about the people. Okay. And what the people will change their Facebook status to which would be different than what you would change your Facebook status to, right? Or would it? In other words, is there one message that everybody everywhere can put as their Facebook status that would then serve to increase our world domination? Or would yours have to be different because you're here, not out there listening? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. This is too hard. It's too hard. All right. Doesn't it seem like we're making this way harder than it ought to be? So, like, yours would be, Sarah wants you to listen to the Rick Emerson show on, you know, 970.am. But, but that, I guess that actually could that actually could work for everybody. Yes. Okay. So. Right, wants you to listen to the Rick Emerson show on, at. At 970.am. www.970.am. Okay, there you go. So, all right. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen. And then I put word at the end of it. 970.am, right. word. Uh, wants you to listen to the Rick Emerson show at www.970.am, word. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are now going to be uh, updating everyone's Facebook status. So I'm going to give you a little, uh, I'm going to give you a little uh, 60 second warning here. So now please go to your Facebook account right now, log in, and uh, go to the place where you change your status. 
I say sounding like an old out-of-touch guy because I don't have a Facebook account. Go go to that place and that thing where you do the deal that changes the words. All right, so in about 60 seconds, everyone will be changing their Facebook status to blank. Wants you to listen to the Rick Emerson Show at www.970.am, period, word, period. And we no, exclamation point. Oh, I'm sorry. Exclamation point. Word, period. Word, period. Wow. Just feels like I'm having an acid drip right now. I know. Uh, by the way, we have to put the www because even now, after we've had it for like three years, that dot am thing throws people off. I get people that have tried to email me, and I and they they will finally call me and they'll say you're not answering my emails, and I'll say well where are you sending the email? They'll go to Rick at you know 970am.com, and I said no no no, if there's no dot com, it is 970.am. So everyone, go to your Facebook page now. We'll be updating your status in about one minute. Uh, just before we do anything else, I got this one sentence to read, and then we'll change the Facebook status. We'll check in briefly with Richie Bristol, then we'll do Lost in 342. This is from the uh, Austrian Times. Just going to read this one sentence here. Is everybody ready? Yes. A German steel foundry worker has been given nine months in jail after... Poking an air rifle up his friend's bottom and firing it, causing his intestines to explode. There you go. Right there. Bam. Hello, Richie Bristol. How are you today? Whoa. Took enough by that. Story. Yes, yes. How are you feeling today? Are you... Uh, A little uh, nervous? A scale of 1 to 10. How nervous are you about Darcel being here later? 9.7. Because Darcel really is the, the absolute titanium standard in Portland. No, drag. the oldest drag club in the country, right? Yeah. I, I don't know. Probably, maybe not in the country. No, that's what that's what Kevin Cook said. Really? The, in the country. The, the, the oldest continuously operating drag club years. in the country. That really is astounding. Mm-hmm. Boy, if I were you, I'd be terrified. I'd be sweating right well, now. Well, because this is kind of what you've been building up to. I mean, like, if you blow it with Darcel, you're kind of screwed. Thanks. She can crush your dreams right uh, now under one uh, one of her uh, perfectly uh, polished heels. What if just don't automatically hit it off, you know, and oh, she's just no. like, well, I'm just who saying, is this person? And she thinks that maybe you're making a mockery of it. Oh. You know, with one, make me nervous. with one wave of a perfectly sculpted and manicured hand, Darcel could ruin your entire life uh, and all of your uh, future plans. Because I hear that once Darcel says, you know, that, that you're not oh, in no. the group, then... I mean, what if you were to inadvertently pass gas in her presence, for oh, some, for example? I mean, no, I, would, I didn't eat anything. What if you had something stuck between your front teeth? I better go brush my teeth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I uh, do you're that. making me nervous. Thanks. Yeah. And you can't smell. What if you? Uh, what if you kind of smell that? Yeah, oh, seriously. I got like a. Little... If I were you, I'd go randomly mix a lot of things from your cologne bottles and just pour it all over on. yourself. Yeah. I got what shoes. if you go to shake Darcel's hand and your hand is sweaty? And it what if, will like, be. Yeah, and what if like Darcel doesn't want to be videotaped and you have this video camera set up and then she gets mad at you because I'll just you take it away. What, <laughs> what if you are so nervous? <laughs> what if you're so nervous, like shades of George Bush 41? What if you're so nervous that you actually just throw up on her shoes? Um, I got. Do you hear my stomach? What if you were to belch uh, right when you're talking oh to her? God. That wouldn't go over very well. <laughs> Thanks. Don't worry about I'm it. I'm supposed to you? talk. What am I going to do? I'm supposed to, like, talk next to her or something? You know, here's the, the thing. Carpet? Have you ever done this? You ever put on a shirt? This happens to me sometimes. You put on a shirt or you put on pants or something, and then you. And then, like, you're, having, you're eating your morning breakfast, you're drinking coffee or something, and you realize later that there's a stain on your clothing, and you didn't even really realize it. Like, you get a little coffee creamer or something on you, and then it's just sitting there, got, and it's just got a stain on your shirt. Really? I brought a change of clothes. Well, did you All bring right. a dress as well? I brought a dress, too. What about your breath? Your breath, I my I bring friend. everything. All right. I got four bags, and I got breast implant things. And okay. So, I mean, what do you think? And pantyhose, and... 
makeup and... Well, because if, if she's not going to be dressed up, I mean, don't you think that uh, she might get annoyed if you're dressed it up? It might be presumptuous. I'll do whatever she says. You know, Darcel might think that you're trying to steal her thunder if, if, if she is not coming in drag. She might think that you're trying to muscle her That's out of the spotlight. Because you're a newbie I, and she's been doing this for like years. I don't think she, if I were you, I'm I'd just... sure she's secure with Cammy. Richie, I, I have to say, to worry I, about here. really, just yeah. being honest, I if I were you, I'd... Uh, way to go. I'd just kill myself now if I were you. I'm out of here. Okay. <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, we're now going to change our Facebook status all at once. Everyone now at your Facebook page. Everyone now, please to be changing your Facebook status to blank wants you to listen to the Rick Emerson show at www.970.am exclamation point word period. And thanks to Lisa and Scott, who have already changed it. Thank you, Lisa and Scott. One more time. Blank wants you to listen to The Rick Emerson Show at www.970.am. Exclamation point. Word, period. There you go. All right. It's uh, 503-733-32970. Is Chris Paddock here? <gasps> I am uh, waiting for Chris Paddock to, uh, to enter the studio uh, so that we can have uh, our lost in 60 seconds. Richie, can you uh, go rustle up Chris Paddock, please? There he is. All right. All right. Excellent. Fantastic. Hey, Rick, our favorite updater. Yes. You know who we were talking about before the show? Has a delicious secret, which will only be shared if anything comes of it. Really? It's a good thing that she's working hard over there. I just think she is my favorite updater. Her and my crazy friend in Seattle, who's um, like an insane lesbian, who updates it every five minutes, like, Blank is lonely. Blank needs to be loved again. Jesus. With a, so I want to print, actually, that's what I want to do. I want to print out all of hers so that you can read them in sequence. Please do. I've done, actually, I was, my, one of my friends came over and we went through all of them back for about like two months just reading her updates. They're hilarious. God. Blank is wondering when her Facebook status will be voice tracked by somebody in another market. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Hello, Chris Paddock. How are you today? Hello, you caught a me mouthful in, uh, of cereal what there. Are you bite. Today's uh, choice of cereal is uh, Frosted Flakes, and I got these uh, at the Plaid Pantry, and I bought it because on the box there's cover of Michael Phelps. Well, I mean, it... <laughs> we, you know, and here's the great thing about it. I'm not going to make all the, the obvious references, but it is fantastic because at this point, eating an entire box of Frosted Flakes, knowing what we know about Michael Phelps, just makes all the sense in the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's my way of paying tribute to uh, an eight-time gold medalist. You just sit at home, you put on one of those Tony Hawk videos, you spread everything out on the coffee table. Maybe uh, dump out a, a whole box of cereal straws. That's what I'm saying. All right. You know where I'm going. I had a, you know, I had a friend. Here's, uh, I'll just say this. I had a room made at one time and he with him it wasn't tony hawk videos it was snowboarding videos but i had this uh, roommate of mine when i lived in the casa de vatos in uh in, in salt lake city and whenever he would go to sort his like he would go to, to sort out his weed the only thing he would use for that it had to be the vinyl of yes tales of topographic ocean oh, that's a that's a yes album cover that's and it's what? like but that's the thing is like he couldn't like if he couldn't find the yes album he couldn't sort his pot <laughs> and she'd be like dude where's my yes vinyl my tales of topographic ocean like, was this the place where they ate nothing but Del Taco? Yes. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. No, and his name is Johnny. He'd be like, I can't sort my weed on anything else. And like, dude, you got, I don't know, use your Boston records. Not the same. No, never. How about an Asia album cover? That no, see, it had to be, it had to be, yes. All right, are we, uh, are, Dean. <gasps> are we are prepared ready? for Lost? Oh, I am. All right, just, so for everybody who's been following this, um, it, that we tried to do, just lost discussion where we took as long as it took. Uh, you know, everybody would just set aside as much time as we needed to get the last night of uh, lost, you know, taken care of and discussed and whatever and analyzed. But then that became a very divisive segment on the program because we found that lost, that there was no middle ground. Everybody either wanted to hear a lot about lost 
or people were just filled with a fiery, white-hot uh, rage whenever we talked about Lost, and they just uh, it, it, they became angry about it. Or there are also the people in between, it. too, who weren't interested in Lost, but they didn't mind listening to us talk about See, it. See, and I, I didn't think that those people existed, and we found out that that was actually the case as well. So we tried to please everyone. And you know what? You can't. Well, you know, and so you've got you to please, please yourself. Please yourself, exactly. Right Sorry. Were you doing a garden party thing? Um, yeah, maybe. I thought you were right. I love Richard Nelson. You know, he was a... He was a great artist. Free based on a plane. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry, Nelson family. So, uh, so we tried to do Lost in ninety seconds, which which was going to be the the best compromise, where we would have ninety seconds set aside. Compromise for you. And that yeah, that didn't yeah, really work. Yeah, and yeah. in fact, that just earned me uh, the hateful rage of the audience, because I think we tried to do the Lost in ninety seconds, and no lie, within about twenty minutes, there was an online petition put up. And it was called the Let Sarah Talk About Lost, You Selfish Bastard Petition. <laughs> That's awesome. And it was like, I like you know, the name of that organization. 500 signatures yeah. immediately or something. Wow. So now we have decided to make it Lost in 342, because I guess 342 is a significant number. Significant the... number, yes, on the island, mm. uh, indeed. Yeah. Yep. So I have, right. I have augmented the bed. You now have three minutes and 42 seconds to talk about last night's episode of Lost, and we will see if that is sufficient time. Well, at the end That's of it, right. we'll do a little post-mortem. Our first test. Yeah, yeah. We did, yeah, we'll see kind of how it works. So, it was an amazing episode last night, a lot of ground to cover. You're not allowed to talk about it. Sorry. Has somebody heard the bed start yet? No, sir, I, I have not. So. No, no. Sorry. But you'll hear... So you'll hear the beeping, and then there, I guess the resetting of the time, and then you'll hear the bed actually kick in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, without further ado, Sarah, if you want to drop the mono bed, I will give you Lost in 342. Okay, the, the name of this episode last night was called This Place is Death, uh-huh. which is tremendous because we, we had a death on the island last night. Spoiler alert, so Charlotte is dead. Charlotte is dead. And, and I didn't think that she, I just thought she'd keep getting bloody noses for the rest of the Well, I'm glad that happened. I'm glad they stopped that. Major revelation, too, before she died. I mean, first off, we found out that uh, her last words were, I can't have chocolate before dinner, mm-hmm. which was kind of weird. But the biggest thing is that she was living on the island before as a child. So do you think, in fact, that she was, she seems too young for it, but do you think that she is Annie? Or do you think that perhaps her mother is Annie? Um, I think perhaps her mother is Annie. I will also say that um, it's probably a good chance that uh, Daniel has been traveling to the island for many years, much as, m- m- just as much as, um, say, uh, ben, J- ben, ben Linus has. And there's some sort of uh, weird push-pull going on here because Charlotte remembers uh, Faraday on the island, kind of so, as a kind of creepy dude. So that's what I was thinking, is that maybe that he... Okay, so since they're in present time now, and he knows that she's dying because he sees it, and since he has the ability to time travel, and she said that he was a scary old man and she was a little girl, what if he was able to, from the island at the current time, go back in time and tell her, you know, you're going to die if you're on here, you've got to right. stay there, because, because now he's in love with her. Suddenly, he's had her as his constant, which is, is possible. Uh, also, big, uh, big developments last night. We uh, made sure that uh, Sun... Was not a, a bad mother. Her her uh, daughter is still alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, she found out proof that that Jin is still alive on the island three years prior. Yes, because uh, Locke had Jin's wedding ring. Yes, and Locke pushed the big frozen donkey wheel to get the island back on track. And did you notice how the big frozen donkey wheel was actually like skipping just like, like the islander in time? Just like how when they first started the first episode of the first season, when the records start yep. skipping, it's exactly like that because they're all kind of stuck in time, so it keeps like stuttering. And, and get this too, you have. Christian Shepherd, Jack's dad, a ghost type of figure, telling Locke he is out for everything for himself. No, Ben 
I don't know how I feel about Ben. I've always liked him. Locke is starting to annoy me a little bit more because you know that when Jen's telling him you need to swear to me that she, that you're not going to bring Sun back, you know that Locke fully intends to bring well, Sun he has, back. Well, he has to because obviously everyone belongs on an island. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe they all get pulled off the island, but for the future of everyone involved, because let's face it, everyone's starting to have bloody noses on the island. Since we're limited, what, what about the smoke monster? I think that there might be some mechanic, it's like it's a, you know, a defense mechanism for, to block the temple, but do you think there's some kind of mechanical thing inside of the smoke? Yes. That will like grab yes, the people? Yes, because obviously in? it makes that chain sound. And how about that? Some dude's arm got ripped off last night. A dude's arm was ripped that off was on television. No, and then Locke's like, shin bone snapped through his yep. leg. Yeah, it was a pretty grody episode I when you get that down to it. I was watching like a horror movie or something. I'm like, really? They're holding Well, I, I, look, people are talking H.P. Lovecraft type of things because it was like that kind of weird mechanical beast on the island. Mm-hmm. And, uh,. Maybe think maybe Rick Emerson might want to give this show a chance. Dude, oh, I think he should after it's done. But oh, that cliffhanger at the end of the episode too. Holy they God. found Faraday's mom at the church in L.A. And they uh, can still go back to the island because even though it isn't all of them, she's just like. She's says we got to get to work. And and Desmond showed up too. So oh. Desmond's in the Los Angeles area with Jack, son, uh, Ben, and uh, Faraday's mom, Eloise. Yeah. Which was also the name of the mouse that used to run through the maze. I know yeah. the one that he was trying to get her brain maybe, to go maybe, maybe the mouse was his mom. Wouldn't that be something? Think about it. No, we can't end on that. Oh. Ooh, that we kind of talked up that post. Hey, but... I think that might be perfect. I think that's that, pretty that, damn good. That uh-huh. felt like it came to a natural, organic conclusion. I think so, too. And yeah, I liked it. By the way, frozen donkey wheel um, <laughs> sounds like some sort of a. Why do they call the donkey wheel? Well, I don't know. originally, you know, the uh, producers of Lost have always come up with the name of the big finale. Right. Um, one year it was the Chala, I think it was, or something like that. And then uh, this last year it was the frozen donkey wheel, which was in reference to <laughs> the giant wheel the that Ben pushed. Film. Yes, that that Ben pushed to. Uh, transport himself away from the island and move the island, which he was never supposed to do. Ben. Ben's a bad guy. What do you think there, huh? Oh, and Danielle killed all those people. Sorry. So how do we feel about the uh, about Lost in 342? How do we feel about the, the I that like amount it. of time? I had a lot of stuff. I think I got most of the, my points. Sure. I think maybe like one more minute. <laughs> maybe. Can, can, we do, can we do something? Do some math real quick, Sarah Dillon. Maybe we can... Uh, uh, well, first off, we got to buy you a new shirt. What the hell happened to your shirt? It's oh, this is one of my favorite shirts. Oh, okay, yeah, she's wearing a ripped shirt. No, it's a, can I just say that the Chris Paddock has, I would say, uh, probably 80% of the page of a legal pad filled. Oh, and I've got nothing. Just I'm text. just a dork. It's in my I'm going to tell you something. It looks like I'm doing Lincoln-Douglas debate right here for you debate nerds <laughs> Good out there. reference. I mean, thank you. And uh, I've got it all divvied up. It's crazy. So you can flow the truth, argument. Truth be told, I was in a state fair meeting, and while the state fair meeting was going on, I was making my notes for a lot. <laughs> you know what? I heard the I heard the announcement. Everybody who wants to come to the, the state fair meeting in the conference room, and I was just typing away like, nope. no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what, there, Rick Emerson, you might want to be interested in the old state fair thing when I tell you what they got going on there. Really? Oh, oh fair. I, I kid you not. There's some good things happening. Uh, no, no, no. But see, I, you know, I know that you're there to take copious notes about it, or uh, in fact, just to pretend to while you're writing about law. I did take some copious notes. There's something I'm very excited about that's happening at the state fair, but I can't say anything. Uh, I'm not at liberty is to it, discuss. Is it the return of O Town? <laughs> no, it's not. Seriously, my, no, no, no. Seriously, my my wife and I, uh, because we, 
Here's the thing about me is you got to know this that I go to the state fair every year because yeah. it's fantastic right. because it is like everything it is everything about a certain part of American culture just boiled down and distilled and, and then eat. blown up huge again. Yeah, there's eating, there's rides, all things deep fried. Yeah, but there was a couple Farm years animals. ago my wife and I went a couple years ago because before. I guess it was more than a few years ago because it was before she had gotten all huge, uh, before she'd blown up. Britney Spears was there. Oh. They, uh, Britney Spears and O Town, and this is like right around like <laughs> wow. this is right around like 2000, like okay. right around the turn yeah. of the millennium. And it was before an important time in our culture. But I mean, it was it was like after the record turn had come out, century. but before she'd blown up. Yeah. And and so we were like, that's so cool. And we were huge O Town fans. And so we're like, we gotta go. And then it was like, we sold out. We couldn't. Can you get imagine it. it'd be like if you have an anti gravity rocking chair and you're dr- sipping on Country Time. I remember around the turn of the century, we went to the big O Town Britney Spears Fair episode thing. To see Ashley Angel, who was Lara's favorite member. Oh, and touching. We're done. All right, Chris Paddock, ladies thank and gentlemen. You. All right, thank you. You're All welcome. Right. Back after this, Elisa Desjardins. Don't go anywhere. So Rick Emerson. the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Two small pieces of geek news here. Uh, One is actually a bit of non-news. So there's this uh, great article that came out that I wanted to bring in and read today. And it was about the top 13 video game urban legends of all time. Here's why I couldn't do it, though, because it was on one of those jackass web pages where every single entry was its own web page. Here's a little uh, uh, just note from me to everybody who does that. Stop it. Knock it off. No one wants to click 13 times and have 13 separate pages load so we can read an article that is probably not all that satisfying, like in the altogether, just so you can get your page views up. Just knock it off. So at some point, and I'm just telling you, I'm not even going to identify the website. I'm not even going to give them uh, any additional exposure. I'm just saying it seemed to be a reasonably interesting article about video game urban legends, and they were ranking them all uh, 1 through 13. But I'm just going to wait until somebody has taken all the text and transcribed it and just put it on a separate page without all of your crap on it, and then I'll uh, then I'll download it and read it down. So just, uh, you know, until then, not going to happen. Also this. Uh, I guess, and I've heard conflicting stories about what it's going to contain, but apparently they they pushed it back a little bit because I thought it was supposed to come out last month, but I guess the downloadable content for Left 4 Dead is coming out this spring. It's going to come out for the PC first, then the Xbox, although I've actually heard that it's not going to be that exciting because it's not going to do it's not going to be anything that's sort of new or updated. So apparently it's just going to be different variations on the same uh, missions and maps that you've got now. So people have been asking me about the Left 4 Dead content, and I uh, so it seems like it might be a bit of a mixed bag. And just uh, you know, it's like FYI. All right, uh, we got Lisa Desjardins coming up here in just a few. Later on, David Walker will be joining us here in the studio. Our good friend Davey Nipples dropping by as well. And uh, Dave, we were talking about this yesterday, Dave D. So we have. Davy, David, Dorothy, Dorothy, David, Davy, Dorothy, and Darcel, and one more, and one. No, I think it's, I think no, there's five. David, Dorothy. This is one of those. This is another, it's like that thing earlier when I said it was like on an acid trip because I was there was some combination of words that we used that amused me. Then a frozen donkey wheel. Oh yeah, oh, it's tomorrow though. Da- 
You're freaking me out. <laughs> anyway, there's a whole bunch of stuff coming up today. Uh, we'll also be doing another Happy Valentine's Day or not. Uh, breakup story. People have been asking about this apocalyptic songs top five that we put together for yesterday. We had it ready, but then, you know, we ended up doing the Desiderata thing and the Facebook status thing, and then Kelly Clark came in, and we sort of ended up doing that. So today, David Walker has actually brought in, I don't know what it is, but he said, dude, I've got a great Valentine's Day top five. So we'll do David Walker's Valentine's Day top five. Tomorrow, uh, we're doing another Valentine's Day themed top five. We're doing the top five Stevie Wonder love songs tomorrow. Tomorrow, top five love songs by Stevie Wonder. That's tomorrow. So the apocalyptic thing has to get put off till next week. My uh, my apologies for that. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. How can I help you? Hey, this is Dion. What's up? Eh, just hanging out at Boss Hogs. You're just what? Just hanging out at Boss Hogs. Bar and Grill. And you're on the phone with us just for your own amusement. Just yeah, of course. How's your day going? Ah, uh, pretty good now that I'm out of jail. <laughs> what were, did, were, were you in jail? In jail? What is that now? Let's hold on. Let's let's start again here. Sarah, do you want to handle it this time? Yes. What were you in jail for, sir? Uh, restraining order. Did you violate it? Yes, of course. That's why I was there. Why didn't you violate it? Uh, because my, my my wife and I love each other and kind of work things out, but now the state's into it. so yeah. You'll love each other regardless of what the law says you're supposed oh, to do. Oh, absolutely. Like puppy love, you know? You're gonna, you, you're not going to be held back by any restraining order, which she clearly asked to be imposed on you. Oh, sure. Love. That's just what... That, those are just her feelings, sir. Why should you pay attention to them? <laughs> So you're building to a stronger relationship by hanging yeah, yeah. out at a bar at 11:45. Why did the, why well, did the, you know, uh, why I'm was the putting re- my mother at a retirement home? Why was the, uh, why was the restraining order put into effect, sir? Uh, because we had a big verbal argument, and she had it put against me. Did the, uh, did the verbal argument, and by verbal do you mean fisty? No. Doesn't seem like a restraining order is a thing they do if you're just yelling at somebody. Otherwise, no, they can I'd, because well, like, you know it'd be nice if they put a, uh, you know, had you go through a lie detector test. Or something to that effect. I sense great things coming for this relationship. <laughs> Did she ask for the restraining order? Yes. Let me just ask you, and again, I'm not trying to pass any sort of judgment because I'm no, I'm no roadmap for successful relationships. No, 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 I'm really not. I'm just asking. Does it seem like if someone actually asks the government to keep you away from them, that maybe that doesn't bode well for the future of you guys being together? I'm just asking. In other words, in, it, like, here's what I'm saying. In other words, people have arguments, they have disagreements, they fight, and, and if you and if you say it was a verbal thing only, I, I will accept that. I'll take you your word. I have no reason to believe you're lying. But mm-hmm. it, I guess what I'm saying is, we've all had arguments, we've all had discussions, we've all had what they used to call knockdown, drag out fights, where you're just kind of yelling at each other and screaming until you're red in the face, three in the morning. But it seems like going and actually asking the government to mandate that someone not be allowed anywhere near your presence under penalty of jailing. That seems to be in a whole different uh, different area of the relationship. It seems like that would that that's past the that's past the event horizon. You yeah, know what I mean? I'm right with you. You know, I spent 18 days in. I'm sorry. <laughs> I spent 18 days in. You know, and and she's more pissed than me. But I mean, but I mean, the rest, was the restraining order just ongoing forever? Uh, until it, it goes for a year. Right. The one that I have. So. Right. And so and and so she did she say no, baby? You just ignore that restraining order and come back. Well, kind of, seems, sort of, you know, we have a young child, and 
It seems like here's uh, and this is my last my last little observation, sir. And then we then we got then we got to move on. Unfortunately, I'm just I'm not trying to say this was anybody's motivation, but it seems to me that if I had a restraining order put against somebody because I wasn't a big fan of theirs and I wanted to make sure they weren't going to bother me anymore, a good way to make that happen would be to get a restraining order and then ask them to come over to my house so they could then be jailed. Just food for thought. Okay, I'll let you get back to drinking. There you go. Attention, advertisers. You, too, can reach this prime and occasionally incarcerated demographic. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. Jesus. CNN Radio correspondent Lisa Desjardins. Hello there. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm sorry I'm late. This was my bad today. That's okay. We've had uh, a couple uh, a little mix-ups. I think it was at the... Sarah, was it Tuesday? Uh, that, like, we just... Ne- no offense, Lisa, that we just never heard from Lisa. She just never arrived. I'm just a mess this week. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I'm Tuesday. It's a blur. It's also, I'm sure, my fault. It's okay. No, no, no. Don't worry about it. I'm not trying to make you feel bad. I'm just saying. It it seems to have been a a bit of a week for everybody so far. Right. A little bit off. And it's only Thursday. There's still 20% of it left to go. (laughs) And thank God for that. Hey, do you watch Lost by any chance? Oh, no. You know, I just, I've, I came on it too. I missed a couple of seasons and then I was hopelessly behind and I... I, I I want to catch up, but I'm, I'm, at this point, it almost feels kind of pointless. All right. Well, uh, so sorry. It, hold on. Just I'm sorry. I hate to do this on the air. One second here, Sarah. Should when you, are we supposed to talk to Steve? Uh, one minute. <laughs> That's great. That's so wonderful. So, do you want me to see if I can uh, move him? Um. Y- y- yes. You know what? Actually, I'm, I'll tell you what, guys. I can message him right now. What should I tell him? Well, I don't want to do anything. Well, with that. Let's, no, no, no. Hold on. No, no. Stop. 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 Here, here's the thing. You do that, and then we get yelled at by CNN. Even though you say we won't, and I'm again, I'm not trying. It'll just be between us. No, 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 no. See, but it, it you say, is. but it never is just between <laughs> us. This, that, no, well, no, no. Anyway, okay, I guess I should wrap it up. You guys, what you should do then is maybe, um, maybe I can call back. I, I, we can reschedule me. I suppose, but we'll have to do that through CNN. We can't really just no. schedule it through. We, we can't just do it with you because then here's the thing. I know. Because. We always claim that it's just going to stay between it. Like, look, Lisa, I'm going to call you uh, off the air, and we're going to schedule you to come on, and nobody needs to know about it because it's when you're technically speaking out of the clock. Yeah, I, and we'll like just... I, I see the lines more clearly than you do, but I, yeah. And then I, and then Sarah like, always is on the receiving end of some excoriating email uh, from your network. Sorry. And, uh, you know. I really don't think Tyler would care. But... Oh, you know, you say that now, no. and then, you know, that's like one of those things like, no, 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 I, uh, no, it's, uh, what could possibly go wrong? The bank isn't even guarded during those hours. <laughs> you know, and the next thing you know, it's like you're all in Sing Sing oh, breaking rocks. I'm so sorry, guys. Uh, all right, I, I don't want to get, I don't think you'd get in more trouble, but I don't want you to um, be fearful. Well, here's the thing. So we're just going to go ahead and we're going to, we're going to, uh, we'll probably wrap this up here in like nine seconds. And okay. We'll just say this. Have you heard any good jokes lately? No. I was so hoping you'd have a joke to end this whole thing with a oh, smile. Oh, I don't have a good joke. To, I, so I thought you had a joke. That's why I was like, no. No, all my all my jokes have to do with clowns and suits full uh, of blood. No. You know, uh, the one thing, I can give you one quick news update. Uh, you know, $789 billion stimulus deal. We still don't have the details. It's a day later, one day later, and no one has seen the bill. Well, but it, here's the thing. I secretly believe there really is no bill. I mean, that's the there thing. is no bill right now. That's right. But I mean, they're not even working. Like you know that thing. Like um, you know, they talk about um, about the McCarthy era and how uh, I, th- I forget where I read this. Yeah, there was and some... he had that list. He said, "I have this list." But in fact, inside his briefcase, where he claimed that this list, it was just like a bottle of bourbon. Well, it was a piece of paper, and that there was nothing written on it. <laughs> really? Is that see? I didn't know there was that's even. That's what the story is. Yeah. Yeah, and see, which is you know, which is fantastic. So I secretly believe there really is no. I here's my theory. Just real, I'll, I'll wrap this up, and then we'll, we'll get uh, Steve here in a few. My theory about the stimulus bill is this, that in reality, 
all of the congressional leaders, everybody in Congress, probably from like Biden on down. I mean, Obama may think they're really working on something. They may have just sort of told him that. Like, no, 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 we're working on it right now, Barack. You just uh, we'll we'll let you know. I think everybody, they're all going to work. They're going to Congress every morning. They then put out a press release saying, no, 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 we are hard at work creating this stimulus package. In reality, they are building a secret underground spaceship. And the spaceship is, at the last moment, going to tear itself free of the Earth like the space cruiser Yamato. And it is going to shoot into space like the cover of the first Boston record. And they have found another planet on which they will live, where everything is fine and the economy is flourishing, and they're going to leave us behind. And right now, they're just taking time to build this space city, which will be enclosed inside a giant glass dome. You know, if I if if there is a time today when there are a bunch of senators where you know where you can find a senator or find a congressman, and there probably will be, I am going to make sure and ask at least one of them: Is it true you're actually building a secret underground spaceship to house mankind? Be sure to be sure to say though, just like the cover of the first Boston album. Okay, I'll bring that. I'll bring that. I am I am going to make it one of my main tasks of the day to ask that. Today. One might even call it your penance. Oh, yes, I will call it my penance. Right. That actually makes me feel better as a All Catholic. Right. All right, thank you, Lisa Deschardin. Thank you. Sorry, Steve. All right, there you go. That's Lisa, ladies and gentlemen. All right, fantastic. All right, uh, it's uh, 503-733-2970. By the way, I won't say who this is from. Uh, we have uh, a listener who says, Hey, Rick, my ex had a restraining order against me at one time. Pleased to be telling everyone we had the best sex ever during that restraining order. All right, sir, consider that uh, passed along to the people. All right. It says here that Steve is on the warm line, uh, you know, on warm line two. Rick Emerson said, Rick Emerson is currently looking at the phone and seeing that nothing is lit up. There is no Steve. Oh, as you were saying that Kelly Clark just um, just became friends on the Facebook. She's like, now you can make fun of me, too. Done and done, Kelly. All right. <laughs> Uh, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from New York City, CNN radio correspondent, Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, Steve. On a scale of one to nine, how chaotic is your morning? Oh, not at all, actually. Uh, I'd say it's uh, probably about a three. All right, well, good for you. Uh, I'm glad that things are going smoothly in at least some parts of this fine nation. Um, rare, by the way. Very rare. Let me let me ask you this. And As I often say, I'm not much of a sports guy, but there there does... Here's the thing. Here's the thing about me and sports. Think about sports and pop culture as uh, the ocean, and then uh, you know the 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 sort of um, the the rest of the world, respectively. So, if sports are an ocean and pop culture is the rest of the world, here's when I care about sports: when they become big enough, or you know, a story becomes big enough, or prominent enough, or you know, gets enough buzz that it breaks the surface, and I can see it from where I am. You know what I mean? So okay. once it's once it sort of crosses that threshold and it becomes visible in the world of pop culture, that's when I start caring about a sports story, which is you know why the you know it's like the uh, you know like the A Rod thing and the steroid story. I mean, it's, a, it's a thing that I've that just come to my attention because it's just one of those things everybody's talking about. So here, another guy who falls in that category is Brett Favre. So. I saw this last night, and I thought that they were joking. I thought it was some sort of like a, like a, it was a gag or a goof or like an onion story or something. But is it true that Brett Favre is retiring again now? Again, and it's for real this time. Uh-huh. He, that's it. The, the 39-year-old uh, is is out. He told the owners of, of the Jets he didn't ask to be released. He just said he's retiring. So, you know, if he asked to be released, that would mean he wanted to go somewhere else. But 
after one year with the Jets that ended in disappointment, uh, four losses out of the last five games. You know, Jets fans just can't catch a break. You know, it's a lifetime of disappointment if you sign up to be a Jets fan. It really is. But I, mean, after, I mean, after Joe Namath, I mean, that was it. But uh, the, uh, my, my brother is a Jets fan, so I take I take uh, I take pleasure in his misery sometimes. <laughs> well, but you know, that is to to be an American uh, is to have a certain degree of you know in the enjoyment of Schadenfreude, you know, which is the uh, the pleasure of the pain or discomfort of another person. Yeah. But the thing about Favre is, so he but he did that big. When he did the big tearful, uh, the cheerful goodbye and the you know press conference where he was sort of blubbering about you know the game and sports and whatever, which is fine. But but like you're allowed to do that once, you know what I mean? Like that that's the here's a, retiring is like rehab. You can do it once and everybody is with you and anything you do is acceptable and everything is sort of like it's fair game. You know you can get away with going to rehab once and your friends rally around you and they support you and you get out and you're going to turn over a new leaf and you are going to live life as cleanly as you possibly can and you are going to be a better person and everybody supports you. You go back to rehab a second time, you get out and everybody's just like, all right, whatever, jackass, and suddenly you're just a loser. And it's like you retire once. Everybody thinks it's great, and they celebrate your history, and they start writing, you know, the your you, you know your induction speech for the Hall of Fame. But you come back, and then you retire again. Suddenly, you're the who, and you just don't stay gone. <laughs> you know, that's a really good uh, good point there. Good comparison. Imagine if Lou Gehrig, right, made made that tearful speech on on uh, on the field at Yankee Stadium, where he thanks God for making him a Yankee. And then the next year, he came back and said, you know what, I want to play again. Right, right. Yeah. Well, which is sort of, I mean, in the list of people who've done that, I mean, in the world of sports, like Muhammad Ali did that. Uh, right. You know, Ali did that and you know, came back and stayed stayed in the game way longer than he ought to have. And What's going on with Muhammad Ali? He, there, were, there were rumors a couple of years ago that his daughter was preparing for his death, and then uh, that, that never materialized. You know, I'm not saying I'm wishing for his death, but... Uh, just wondering what's going on. Well, because he's got, what is it, Muhammad Ali, is it Parkinson's that he's got? Yes. Because I don't know, is, I, and he's, I, my medical ignorance, I don't know, is Parkinson's fatal in and of itself? Uh, or is it just, is it just a muscular, a degenerative muscular disorder that just makes your life ex exceedingly unpleasant? You know, that's a really good question. I don't know if you actually die from, from the disease itself or from the complications caused by the disease. I, I, that's a really good question. I do know that it is. It's basically a death sentence. It's a slow death. I mean, it's really uh, yeah, I have I mean, relatives it's... who've had it, and it's just horrible to watch the body deteriorate that way. Well, speaking of, of Lou Gehrig, I mean, it's like ALS is the same way, Lou Gehrig's disease. Yeah. Um, hey, by the way, just real quickly, i got one other observation to make, and then I'm going to ask you a New York question. Uh, my other observation, and I haven't made an official blog posting about this or written an article, but speaking of Lou Gehrig's disease, which is also, you know, the actual name is ALS, which stands for something or other, but everybody calls it Lou Gehrig's disease. Right. I, Rick Emerson... I'm making a push to rename pancreatic cancer Swayze's disease. Oh, that's now, good. That's that's. Huh, I got I wonder if that'll will 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 take off. Here's the thing. My wife was, you know, she got all upset and she was and she's like, "What about Ruth Bader Ginsburg?" And you know, the Supreme Court. And I said, "Well, you know, nobody really nobody cares about Ruth Bader Ginsburg in the same way they care about Patrick Swayze." And she said, "Well, what about Swayze Ginsburg?" And there the, we were with some friends at the see, see you're laughing, but we were with some friends at the time, and the friends were like, "Yeah, Swayze Ginsburg." But here's the thing about Swayze Ginsburg. The reason I'm not going to call it Swayze Ginsburg is because that sounds 
depressing and serious like something, you know, it sounds like something bad that you don't want. Not that you want pancreatic cancer, but if a doctor says, I'm sorry, Steve, you have Swayze Ginsburg. I mean, that's a thing where you go, damn, man, that sucks. And, oh, I'm filled with bleakness. If he goes, I'm sorry, Steve, you've got Swayze's disease. You know what you do then? When you have Swayze's disease, it is a clarion call for you to buckle down and kick ass. And it is, a, you know, for you, for you to, you know, to, to uh, for you to fight against that disease with every fiber of your being. For you to wage war against that cancer. And, and Swayze Ginsburg sounds like a law firm that'll help me fight bankruptcy. <laughs> that is even better. But it's like if you got Swayze's disease. That's, you know, that's being told you had Swayze's disease as opposed to being told you had pancreatic cancer. You be told you have pancreatic cancer, you just start picking out flowers. I mean, that's it. You're just like, okay, well, I guess I'm going to go sit at home and eat oatmeal and cry. If somebody tells you got Swayze's disease, you're like, okay, this is it. And you're like, you know, and that's that's when you start you start to you start prepping for the for you know the the war against the enemy within. And then they would give you like a gold medal with around your around your neck that is embossed with the face of Patrick Swayze, and you would have solidarity. And then all victims of of Swayze's disease would wear that gold medal with Patrick Swayze, uh, with uh, with his as Patrick Swayze's face on it, and you would all be bonded together in a community. Much like the folks who who support uh, um, uh, the, uh, the research for um, the testicular cancer after uh, Armstrong. The Livestrong. Right? But how much cooler would this be than that Livestrong bracelet? I mean, yeah. you know, the Livestrong is like a it's like a yellow rubber band. This would be a metal made of the finest you know of the finest materials that would hang around your neck with again the the face of Patrick Swayze on it. I like that. Oh, have, have, by the way, have you seen the the TV show? Uh, no, no, no. I actually haven't. I, I, I flipped by. I was on my TV the other night. And it was playing, and I actually didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, I have no interest, but uh, I wanted to see if it was any good. Well, just to support him. Hey, real quickly, what about this this guy that dragged this body twenty miles in, in Queens? What's going on? First of all, every every couple of hours they add another mile onto it. By the way, Cause it's, <laughs> it's true. Last night it was twelve. It's totally true. <laughs> It started. At, it started at 17 when I when I picked up the story. But uh, this poor guy, and, uh, and now it turns out a local TV station here has acquired uh, the uh, surveillance uh, footage from uh, a security camera, and now CNN has that. The this poor guy, uh, they surmise that he might actually be a day laborer. They're still trying to identify him, um, but he steps out and uh, out out in, uh, from behind a parked car, and he gets struck by one vehicle. That vehicle immediately pulls over. You see it all happen on, on uh, in this footage, and uh, that person calls police. The next car swerves out of the way to avoid this guy, and he, he's not a he's not a big guy. He's kind of kind of small. And then this van comes along, and I thought it was a minivan, but it was a full size uh, tricked out passenger van. Uh, just drives right over him, and one minute you see the body there, and the next minute the body's gone. It's magic. It got wedged uh, underneath. Uh, the the frame of of the suspension of this van, and the driver, apparently not too far off, uh, you know, he felt the car driving a little differently, uh, pulled over for a second. I don't know what kind of inspection he did. He maybe walked around the car. Maybe he just stuck his head out the window, but he didn't see anything anything to give him cause for concern. He got right back behind the wheel, drove 17 miles on a combination of three different highways from Queens. Jesus. Brighton Beach, Brooklyn, before he parked the car, and apparently, as he backed up into the space, you know, the body part of it started to, uh, was exposed, you know, from the front of the vehicle. Good God! Apparently, he left body parts along the way. Ah, oh, just the worst. I mean, it's just, and it's 
And as you said, it's just one of those things where it's like every every single time you check the news, it's like eventually we'll find out that he dragged the body from Florida all the way to Seattle and then uh, to New York. I mean, I it's just insane. I, I, I notice a nail in my tire <laughs> making that clicking noise. <laughs> 17 miles dragging a body. Doesn't notice it. Uh, the, street, the streets here aren't that bad. I mean, come on. On that note, my friend, uh, uh, have a fantastic day. We will uh, we will talk to you tomorrow, uh, Steve Castamam. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. I will. Steve Castamam, ladies and gentlemen. Take a break. Back after this with David Walker. If you're on hold, hang on. We'll get some phone calls around the corner as well. It's 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson regrets the error. Why, hello, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It is 503-733-2970. David Walker in the studio. Hello, David Walker. Hello, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Hello, David Walker. Sarah, how are you? Very well, thank you. That, that lipstick you put on is really like, it's, it's, it's like totally, it's bringing out your eyes, it's working the hair, and then the earrings. Thank you. And I was, I was hoping you were doing this to impress me, and then I realized you are doing to impress Darcel. And... <laughs> yeah, I want to impress the 70-year-old drag queen. <laughs> a little, I'm a little brokenhearted. I, I it was for admit. both of you, David Walker. Oh, well, Not just you. her, you, you as well. Thank uh-huh. you. I, I do appreciate that. Right, that's a lie that won't keep you warm at night, by the way. Uh, oh, no, I... it will. It will for me. My, that's what my life has turned into. <laughs> Sarah Dillon's lies keep me warm at night. You should totally sell that as a bumper sticker. <laughs> that I just I could put it on my Facebook status, right? Oh, do it. You should. Yeah. Please be updating it now. David Walker is kept warm by the lies of Sarah Dillon. Uh, just, I'm just going to read this one sentence again real quickly, and then we'll begin the uh, news hour. I really, I mean, I guess I could read the rest of the story, but what's the point? A German steel foundry worker has been given nine months jail sentence after poking an air rifle up his friend's bottom and firing it, causing his. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Now I didn't even get to the I didn't even get to the money line. I'm so sorry. I've broken my composure. Now I don't sound professional. Let's try this again. And it's got it's got everything in it. Like the fact that he's a steel foundry worker for some reason is hilarious to me. I don't know why. Also, I'm just the tiniest bit uh, insane and giggly today. A German steel foundry worker, David Walker, has been given nine months jail sentence after poking an air rifle up his friend's bottom and firing it, causing his intestines to explode. There you go. Mm. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's 503-733-2970. Let's go to the news desk, shall we? And now, from the CBS Radio Center in downtown Portland, this is the news. Think on that. All right. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm, 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 I'm going to be laughing all day over that one. I can put it right here in your field of vision if you'd like. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. 
appreciate that. Today marks the 200th anniver- the anniversary of the 200th birthday. How do you say that? I don't, I'm not quite sure. Realize we don't know what you're talking about yet. Okay. So, Well, today is would be the 200th birthday of President Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln is known for several things, including ending slavery. He made beards without mustaches very fashionable. And he invented both the penny and the $5 bill. Now, we won't celebrate his birthday until next week, but um, yes. No, wait a minute. the penny? Wait, he didn't have a mustache? No, he, didn't, he totally didn't have a mustache. He had that mole thing, remember? Oh, that's right. He had the beards. Beard. It didn't last very long. I think by 1870, that whole look was done. Hey, do you ever do, you ever do this? Do you ever look at a, a photograph of a guy like that? Because there are photographs of him, are there not? Yes, there are. Uh, because you you know you just think of him at that one that one painting, but there are actual photographs. But do you ever look at a guy like um, like George Washington, for example? You look at him on the dollar bill, or you look at him like in that the the, the whatever the crossing the Potomac thing or whatever, and I don't know why, but when I look at a guy like George Washington, he seems so impossibly weird looking. I can't imagine him existing as a human. He looks like, like a little lady. But like he if looks a, like Bernie Madoff to me, or Bernie Madoff looks like him. I guess I just—it's like if, if George Washington were to suddenly appear in the studio, I think he'd be frightening looking. I, there's something strange, and maybe and Abraham Lincoln too, but maybe that's just because as a kid. You as a, you never have a chance to see them as human beings as a kid. They're just these weird iconic. You know, they're like it's they're almost this quasi-religious uh, depiction of them all the time, and so they just seem sort of not human. I just got to look through my like high school yearbook and think, wow, none of these people look real either. You know, the, totally. The, like the deformed shoulders with the big shoulder pad things and the big ha- helmet hair. So, uh, shoulder pads never come back. No, that was why. What was the point of those? I think they make your body, like the lower part of your body, look smaller. Right? That was that was the whole point. Yeah. It was they shoulder pads were very popular. With women who were had a lot of funk in the trunk, as it were. So it would sort of give you an hourglass if you were really just more of an egg. That's right. Exactly. You wanted to look like an egg timer. That's right. Okay. Now, today is also marks the 200th birthday of Charles Darwin. Yeah. And uh, Darwin, for those of you that don't know, is uh, was a man who gave elitists such as myself um, something to believe in and something to, to give cause to celebrate when stupid people do really stupid things. That is true. I almost thought about making like a Darwin watch, and I, tr- I tried to find uh, some sort of inadvertent and hilarious death today, but I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything. <clears throat> well, we don't, I, I couldn't find any inadvertent and hilarious deaths today, but going through the stack of news, I found a whole lot of stupid going on. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, we're, we're going to turn our eyes to the southeastern part of the United States for some extreme stupidity to everybody's favorite state, the state of Florida, for some of news. I don't think yours worked. No, damn it, I have my computer turned off again. That was like an oral uh, Darwin thing I just did there, where I was just too dumb to figure out how to use it correctly. I got, I got, I want to get through a few of them. And so then there's going to be a couple that I know we're going to have to stop and comment on. But let me, let me get through the first one. First of all, a Sarasota man was arrested Sunday after allowing his eight year old son to drive his car. Uh, The man said, uh, simply, he wanted to have a bonding moment with his son, so he let his eight-year-old son drive the car. That's the beginning. That's not as stupid as it gets. So is you, are these sort of ramping up, like in order of increasing stupidity? Yeah, and and I and I'll have to admit my prejudice to the state of Florida. I really do think that someone should put like seismic charges along the border and then hook a tow line to Cuba and just let Cuba have Florida, as far as I'm concerned. And we just make it, you know, we'll we'll call it even. There you go. Look, uh, we're sorry about the, the Bay of Pigs. Yeah, and the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the embargo. Here you go. Have Florida. The good news is we're giving you Florida the bad. 
bad news is you're getting a state full of stupid people. I mean, they're just mm-hmm. like in my head. Do you ever see this? Do you ever see these maps that's just sort of like... A lot of times they're for kids or they're for, like, um, sort of whimsical travel guides. And it'll be a map of the United States. But it's done, again, it's sort of like a, almost like an editorial cartoon where it's sort of a very, uh, you know, it's very sort of um, exaggerated fashion. But each state, they'll have, like, one landmark that is drawn really huge. So, like, yeah. in like Washington is the, sta- is the Space Needle. And, like, in New York, they show the Statue of Liberty. And, uh, you know, California, there's, like, Mickey Mouse and Disneyland or whatever. But it's, like... In my head, if you were to, like, in Florida, it's just, like, it's just gunshots and just, just, just <laughs> explosions and screaming. It's a giant piggly wiggly <laughs> with an alligator coming out of it, I think. I don't know. <laughs> it is a silly day <laughs> Moving on through the state of Florida. Piggly wiggly. Wow. That see here's that that joke works at like three different levels. First of all, because I can immediately picture it. Secondly, because Piggly Wiggly is just a funny sounding phrase. And thirdly, because of all of all of the chains you could have picked, of all of the stores and franchises you could have gone to, you could have said A and P. You could have said uh, you could have said uh, like Albertsons or the, the uh, was it Waffle Walgreens. House? Yeah, yeah Walmart. Yeah. You went right to Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, well, Piggly wow. Wiggly is something that's something uniquely southeastern United States about Piggly Wiggly. By the way, somebody's saying, I call shenanigans. I do not believe Lincoln invented the penny. <laughs> I oh, yeah? I, I don't, want proof. I don't I, like, I'm like that Holocaust denier at the Vatican. Give me proof that Lincoln didn't uh, invent the penny. Are you, are, but you're pretty sure that he invented the penny? No, I know he didn't invent the penny, but I still want proof. Moving forward, here's David Walker, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Cape Hayes, Florida. Man runs out of gas after robbing gas station. Do I need to read the rest of this story? Yeah. Yes, you, yes, you do. <laughs> Authorities say they arrested a man who apparently forgot to <laughs> fill up when he was robbing a gas station. <laughs> the Charlotte County Sheriff's Office said that 23-year-old man wow. used a Bowie knife, or is it a Bowie knife? Uh, I don't Bowie, know. I believe. A Bowie knife to rob a Cape Hayes gas station early Sunday. Sunday. Deputies said the man pulled a 12-inch blade, and I do believe a 12-inch blade is technically illegal, but I'm not sure, and demanded money. But when he left, the customer followed him. Uh, and called 911. He took off, forgot to fill up the gas tank. That's you know, that's like the uh, was it is it raising Arizona where he <laughs> yeah where he's just, just stealing the Pampers or the Huggies or something yeah but it's just it really is and I use this analogy a lot but you know the criminal mind especially in Florida it seems to me the like I picture myself on a plane sometimes flying over Florida on my way to somewhere else and it, but like in my mind's eye when I'm flying over Florida. It's like I can sort of hear what's going on, and it is just nothing but screams and broken glass, yeah. and and just and it just the sounds of machine gun fire. But I remember Florida was like hot and wet and smelled bad. Yeah, see, and my wife lived there for the first five or six years of her life. She moved to Utah when she was six, but she lived in I think St. Petersburg or something uh, for the first. And she's gone back a couple of times, so she keeps telling me she's like, "We got to go to the Florida," you know. And it's and part of me really wants to, and part of me doesn't want to. Okay, I've been to both Utah and Florida, and I'm going to say for the record, Utah was an improvement. If I had to live in one of those two states, I would choose Utah over Florida because at the very least. I would be the coolest guy in the state. In totally. Yeah. And, there, and there, no one would be challenging me. It would, I, I'd just snap him. <laughs> he would yeah. stride across Utah like Colossus. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> We're still in Florida, mind you. Okay, are you ready? Yes. This happened in Plant City, Florida. Uh, Robert Thompson and Taurus Morris. <laughs> 
were charged, charged with armed burglary after taking a woman's egg beater from her at knife point. It was not reported why they wanted the egg beater or why the victim had to be threatened at knife point to get it. Maybe it was like a felonious scavenger hunt. And that was right before the gang raping. No, no, no. Steal an egg beater, but at knife point. Now, th- these next two I know we're going to have some serious comment on. So, um, first, this happened in Clearwater, Florida. Authorities say a transient man convinced a Newport Richie woman that he was the drummer for the rock band Foreigner, then stole her Corvette and (laughs) crashed it. Well, to be fair, crashing the Corvette does seem like a thing that maybe the guy from Foreigner might do. Exactly. And and I know you've talked about this before. This is, you know, how do you, this is a pretty easy scam to pull off because, you you know, who's going to check? You know, I could walk into a bar and say, hey, I, I was drummer for Foreigner. And I'm sure that since their heyday, since... You know, jukebox hero days. They probably recycled through quite a few. Oh yeah, I mean, I would. I, I, they've got it, Foreigner's one of those bands at this point. You got to figure it's like Foreigner Incorporated, where it's just, you know, maybe there's original members. Well, maybe and Graham are. does his thing. He does his whole solo thing. He's not in Foreigner, but he does. I saw him in concert a couple of years ago. It's Lou Graham of Foreigner. Wait, so you saw Lou Graham, not Foreigner? No. So it was the Lou Graham, and that was that how is that how you build himself, yeah. Lou Graham of Lou Foreigner. Graham a foreigner, and all he did was foreigner songs. Let me ask, of course. Let me. Well, that's like you know the, the Jack Russell's Great White, uh, which toured for the longest time because Jack Russell had this big falling out with the rest of the band, and they couldn't. But they sued him, and he couldn't tour as Great White, so he did his clever trick of forming a band called Jack Russell's Great White. Which for the, for the longest time, anytime we did anything, it was like Jack Russell's whatever. Yeah. You know, now it's Jack Russell's new news hour or whatever. But the let me ask you a question. Here's a thing that I think uh, that rock nerds think about sometimes. And I've never really come to a conclusion in my own head about this. There are several questions that I have about rock and roll, and that I have never determined the answers to them. I will give you those three questions now, ending with the question that uh, that you might have some thoughts on. You may have thoughts on the other two. Okay. okay. If, I ever, um, if I ever meet Steven Tyler of Aerosmith, I'm going to ask him, in the song Walk This Way, when he says, till my next-door neighbor with a daughter had a favor and I gave her just a little kiss like this, is he talking about... The next door neighbor had a favor, or is it the daughter, or is it both? And that's a thing that, no lie, I've probably, I mean, it's not like I've spent months thinking about it, but over the course of my life, I would say I've probably spent an entire day over the course of my 24 hours of my life has been spent thinking about that question. Okay. Uh, so that's question number one. I, I, I would, I guess, getting to know you these past several months, it's been more than 24 hours. I'm and, sure. and probably knowing Steven Tyler, it is both the daughter and the neighbor. I yeah. mean, that's, that's just a theory, though. Okay, next question. I'm going to ask Brian Wilson this if I ever meet him. In fact, I did meet him, but I, I, I did kind of that thing of like when I told Ving Rames, you're Ving Rames! And like with Brian Wilson, I did something only slightly less stupid. And then he, and of course, but with Brian, it's like you're not going to get any you know, you're not going to get any answers. Brian, uh, please tell me the answer. To please tell me what mood you were trying to conjure up with pet sounds. And then he just kind of, you know, and then he just quacks like a duck and, like, hits you and runs away <laughs> while wetting himself. Um, but I had this question about California girls, which is where, you know, uh, the, the West Coast has the sunshine. The girls all get so tan. And the Southern girls, with the way they talk, they knock me out when I'm down there. But then he gets to the hook, and the hook is, I wish they all could be California girls. So here's my question about California girls. Is he saying, A, that he wishes all of the fine ladies he's met in all four corners of the globe could all be in California, so it's like one-stop shopping, so they're all in one place? Like, I wish they could all be California girls, but i got to go to the south or the north, or i got to go, like, to the east coast. Or is he saying, well, look, I've met a, I've, I've met a lot of fine women, but I have to tell you, 
you know, the women in California are so much better. So as great as all these other women are in the various regions, I wish they could all be California girls. I I, I think that's what the implication. It's the latter. Is. That, that, I, that's how I, I've always interpreted. But now, food for thought. I filled your mind with doubt. Yeah, that's right. All right. Here's the third thing, and this is actually less specific, not about a certain band or whatever. You're talking about how Lou Graham, a foreigner, or how uh, you know you get like a, you get like a guy like uh, like Jack Russell who can tour with a whole bunch of just you know just dudes he met at a Greyhound station or something, and then they you know they all play Great White songs. But then you got the opposite end of the spectrum where it's not Jack Russell who is immediately recognizable. It's a guy like. Um, it's a guy like uh, Rudy Sarzo, for example, who played bass with Quiet Riot. Yep. But then Rudy Sarzo just went on to be like a bass player for just anybody that needed a bass player. Uh, same thing, Frankie Benali, uh, drummed with Quiet Riot. But then, you know, he ended up, you know, he was like 15 different bands in the 80s. So, David Walker, my question to you. Hmm. Who would you rather be, the front man with the recognizable voice and face who can kind of Tour on being the front man from like Warrant or whatever, you know, whatever the band. Well, Kevin DeBro of Quite Right, exactly. Exactly, yeah. Okay. Or would you rather be the uh, the musically talented but not really famous, you know, from you know, not really famous in and of yourself, uh, band member who can get work, you know, even when your band is out of fashion by playing with other people? Okay, I, I, I you know, if you'd asked me this question like maybe five, ten years ago, it would have been different, but now. Excuse me. The answer would be the latter. I would rather be not the front man, but the the very talented musician. And I'll tell you two reasons. Reason number one, because there's always going to be a chick somewhere that will be impressed by the fact that, hence this woman in Florida, I was a gave, drummer for Foreigner. <laughs> yeah, gave a woman, gave the some homeless guy her Corvette, which he crashed. And because if you're out, there's always going to be a guy like you, Rick Emerson, who will know. Who I am, and right. we impress and go. And buy you a drink. Yeah, and oh wait a minute, you play <laughs> drums on the the third studio album, which came out on yes. July twenty second, nineteen seventy six. And so, I've I've always been more, you know, I've always tried to impress, you know, the the. We'll just call them the eccentric folks, such as yourself. Nerds. Yes. yes. Aaron Duran, even Sarah, is as an eccentric quality to her, rather than just the average. Person okay. on the street, but so. you know, but you would you would rather have that than than the uh, than the fact that by being the front man you could get a gig anywhere anytime, like you could do, you know, because there's always going to be people who will pay ten bucks to go see Quiet Riot songs. Yeah, that's true, but but there's at the same time, I think if you're the, that front person, the the stench of has been is a little bit more on you. See, also Kevin DeBrow, by the way, who yes. at one point was living with his mother, yeah. uh, like in the early nineties, and uh, and and uh, he he did pass away recently. Cocaine so overdose. So we should. So while we should pay some respect and we should go, oh come on. Well, here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm a massive Quiet Riot fan, and I don't and I don't say that. People who know me know that I don't. I don't. There's almost nothing that I embrace ironically. Uh, you know the the irony like the like if I was a Sims character like the irony uh, you know thing or whatever like the that gets filled up almost immediately because I you know this is just like I just don't have time to I don't have time to have like guilty pleasures. I have no there's, guilty there, pleasures. You know what? I don't believe in guilty pleasures. Yeah, there's there's you just pleasures. If you feel guilty over something, it means it's something you shouldn't have done. Guilty pleasure, that's what pedophiles feel. I'm sorry. 
music fans don't feel guilty pleasure. So there, that's the quote for the day. Thank you for drawing that distinction between, like, uh, you know, between me and the guy in um, the guy in Happiness. Um, so, uh, but yeah, so I, so I, I have, uh, I have seen Quiet Riot, I think, four times. And I hope you go to my, really, you, you go to my house, uh, and everybody has that reaction. You go to my house right now. I own eight Quiet Riot albums, and I'm not talking compilations. I'm not talking uh, collections and albums. Albums that the band doesn't even know exist, probably. I mean, Kevin Dubrow's mother didn't own these albums, but I do. So I was, uh, and I have to say, it was a. I got to meet Kevin Dubrow at one point, and it was, it was, and it was like at the lowest of the low points because it was like at the height of grunge. It was at the height of grunge in Washington State. So I mean, there was nobody anywhere so who cared in, about Quiet Riot. Yeah, he was in enemy territory then. Yeah, I mean, it's just and dude, the worst like. I don't even know if it was a hairpiece. It was like oh, I those mean, hair was, plugs he had. Yeah, those were bad. But it wasn't even. But it, but, I, but see, the thing is, I don't even think it was that. Like it looked. It. I have to. It just looked like a weave of some kind. Like it didn't. Like I don't even think it was real hair because it was like long, beautiful, very thick ringlets down past his shoulders. And I mean, it didn't look like hair. With come on, feel the noise. Oh yeah. Looking, yeah. Oh yeah. You look at the cover of uh, of Metal Health, and yeah, his hairline is already like it's a like it's a baton death march all the way back. You yeah. know, um, but anyway, so blah blah blah, quiet riot. Okay. There you go. I'm I'm sorry. That's okay. No, I I I I I I totally agree with you about that. I'll admit right now on air, I've seen Night Ranger four times. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty. You don't strike me as a Night Ranger now, fan. Well, that was high school. That oh, was okay. high school. So. You saw them four times at high school? Yeah. So yeah. Like once a year? Yes. Yeah, so I, I saw. Oh, and then like uh, the year after I graduated high school, and that was more on a goof. That was like, hey, Night Ranger's playing. Let's right. go. And and so we went. And uh, but that was actually a good show because Black and Blue opened for them. Black and Blue, Tommy Thayer. Tommy Thayer, and uh, who's of course now the Ace Freely for for Kiss. And by the way, I couldn't tell you who the drummer for Foreigner ever was. I couldn't name a single guy who ever. Foreigner is a, is a singular, not maybe not singularly faceless, but they're a largely faceless band. In that you know, like Lou Graham, for example. Most people don't even know Lou Graham. They just know Foreigner. They think of either you know Hot Blooded or you know. Jukebox Hero. Oh, or dude. Something like that. Where was I the other day? And they were playing. Oh, God, it was at Bishops. And uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, I'm not chilling for them. That's a place where I get my haircut, just largely because I'm a creature of habit and they don't screw it up. And they and that's the whole thing, right? You got to find a place that doesn't screw your hair up. And once once you found that, then it's like then you're set. And you're like I'm never changing again. So I was there, and it was like they had. And Bishops has that weird thing of like they they straddle the line between endearingly hipster and off-puttingly hipster. And <laughs> depending on the day you go in, the music in, in Bishops will be on one side of the line or the other. Sometimes you go in, and it's just hip enough to be kind of cool, and you're like, yeah, this is a great place. Sometimes you go in, and it's like, you know, and I don't know, and it's like they're listening to, like, uh, like you, what are you listening to? Well, I don't know, we're listening to a Barry Manilow box set or something, you know. And it's like, I don't know they're listening to a Tesla box set. Yeah, It see, was awesome. <laughs> so, but I went in, they were listening to a soft rock collection, and it was just nothing, it was one of those, like, they taught us how to love collections. But it wasn't even, like, power ballads. I mean, it would have been one thing if it was just, like, every rose has its thorn, home sweet yeah, home, you know, whatever. Say home sweet but, home. but see, it wasn't even power ballads. It was, the first thing out of the gate was, I want to know what love is yeah. by Foreigner. Yeah. Then we, then they went right to, um, God, what was the God, what was the next thing they played? Oh, it was Peter Cetera or something like that. But see, Peter Cetera, it's like with him, it's a known quantity. Like, yeah. he's, like, nobody's thinking Peter Cetera is a badass. 
Peter Cetera is not presenting himself as like some hard case. He's all like, going to bring you the rock. And then he opens his <laughs> mouth and it's just bringing you the suck. It's the, It was uh, Foreigner, I Want to Know What Love Is, followed by White Snakes, Is This Love? Ooh. Is this love? That I'm feeling, yeah, or, and or journey open arms, right? Uh, where these bands that sort of position themselves as being tough, and then it's just like the lamest thing you've ever heard in your life. And I was sitting there in the chair, and Ashley's cutting my hair, telling me about how hard it is to be a single mother, which is a conversation, by the way, I didn't ask to have. She's cut my hair, and she's like, "Yeah, so I'm a single mother. That's tough." And in my head, I'm like, "Did I ask? No, I didn't ask. Why are you asking? Why are you telling me this? Wait, is that White Snake?" And so there's like all these things are going on in my head. And then part of me is thinking about, like, grocery shopping I've got to do later. Part of me is trying to pretend that I'm listening to her single mother discussion and then adding the appropriate interjections and responses to make her think that I'm listening so she won't angrily shear my head. You know, I sort of like, wow, is that so? That's great. No, he sounds like bad so news. Give me, like, little vanilla ice lines on the totally, Exactly. Uh-huh. No. Yeah, I'd call the police. Or, you know, just whatever. And then the third part of my brain is going, why are they listening to White Snake here? Is this kooky? Is this someone's private collection? Is it ironic? Did it come up on a shuffle? And I, I never did figure it out. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that sort of stuff all the time. Sarah, are we good on time? Because i got one more Florida story here. Yeah. That's, okay. I thought you were going to ask, Sarah, are we boring you to the point of suicide? Okay. All right. Okay. And I've learned how to listen in one ear and like two other things. Because I'm the hair cutter to your to your uh, to your Rick. That's exactly it. You're my whatever the music was that was on. Because right. I, I had to get to this story. I didn't want to lose it. I know it's a busy day today, but here we go. <clears throat> I'm going to read the headline first. Toxic butt boosting shocks send women to hospital. Two Tampa, Florida women became gravely ill last month after an acquaintance allegedly injected them with a product believed to be a homemade combination of commercial silicone gel and saline, apparently to enhance the appearance of their buttocks, now, we've according had to police reports. So many stories like this, and to the point where they all sort of get because this is not this is not the guy that they also busted who was doing like celebrity like it was, it was No, this was a woman. Uh apparently I believe she was doing this out of her home. She charged uh one woman $500 for 40 injections into her buttocks, and the other paid $250 for 20 injections. And they, But it was half saline, and what was the other thing? Silicone gel. So silicone gel. Like, I don't even know where... Here's the thing. What I, I think you can buy that at, like, Home Base or Home Depot. <laughs> is that sort of like a caulking gun? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is mm-hmm. that really yes, like... That's what it is. You know, like when you're done uh, waterproofing the, the, uh, the edges of your bathtub or something, you just get a woman over there, and you just, uh, hold on, I'll need to see your ass for a second. Wait. Ah, there you go. All right. Well, I, I, I read about this this morning before I came into the station, so this idea that I had is my own. I am going to start my own body enhancement clinic beginning with uh, breast augmentation through hand manipulation. It's an ancient Asian like uh, acupressure sort of thing that can make women's boobs bigger. So I'm going to get my website up, and, and all women have to do is come in and I fondle them for a little while, and their boobs will get bigger. That's like the creepiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> Oh, Are creepier, you me? creepier than injecting caulking? Because <laughs> what I have to do is I want you to come butt. over to my house where I can rub your breasts for two hours, and you pay me for it. It's genius, mind you. If any girl is dumb enough to do it, I mean, more power to you. You know, this is the land of opportunity. That's that's right. I'm, I'm, I've been unemployed too long. I need some dough. You know, uh, you, come on. You just want to touch some boobs. There's nothing wrong with that. No, I just want to make money off of someone stupid enough who's to believe So the boob touching has nothing to do with it. You know, that's you, an added you, bonus. That's yeah. a perk. Look, some people want health care. Some people yeah. just want boob touching. Once you, once you, you know, I, I've, I've gotten to that point now where I accept the fact that, you know, there, you know, 
six of one, half dozen of the other. You, you touched six or seven boobs in your lifetime, and you, you, you felt them all, as far as I'm concerned. Sarah just, by the way, looked down at her own bosoms, wondering, am I so interchangeable with all the others? All right. On that note, we'll take a break, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. Um, coming up later on, uh, we have... Uh, I'll read this entire uh, air rifle intestine story, by the way, just because I was reading some of the uh, additional details, and it really is... Uh, just Here's a sentence. I pulled the trigger, and he just collapsed. <laughs> Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Emerson Radio Program. Okay, I'm just going to read the whole story right now. Get it Do done it. and resolved. I was going to make this um, a candidate for the worst story in the history of the world. I mean, I guess I could, but I don't think it would win. That's the thing. I don't think it has a chance. It's, it's, I don't think this is a well, chance. Well, can't be the worst story if you and David Walker keep giggling like schoolgirls every time. Well, I was giggling at the eyeball story, too, though. Uh-huh. And I think David <laughs> actually was as well. Uh Anyway, so I don't think this has a chance to win. Here's the thing. I'll, I'll read this, and if, if, if the uh, assembled consensus of the room is that this has a chance to be uh, the worst story in the history of the world, then maybe I'll, I'll put it into competition. We'll do it later. It's from Austrian time. What is something wrong with Austria? There's something not right uh, about that. Hey, and by the way, whatever happened to the guy that had all his uh, family locked up in a concrete dungeon for like 100 years? That guy just vanished. Yeah, he did. Well, whatever. forever. Uh, let's see here. From the Austrian Times... A German steel foundry worker has been given nine-month jail sentence after poking an air rifle up his friend's bottom and firing it, causing his intestines to explode. Dennis Schwartz, 25, said he'd only wanted to help his pal, who had complained about sweaty buttocks from working in the Hulsberg glass factory. <laughs> where molten metal kept temperatures soaring. He had jokingly offered to help his friend cool down by blowing some air over him and said, We often played around with air rifles. It was just a bit of fooling around. I said I was going to shoot him in the bum. He said he didn't care. I pulled the trigger and he just collapsed. The court in Leipzig, which gave him a suspended sentence, Heard that the high-pressure air blast had ruptured the man's intestines and he had almost died. Oh, he didn't die. No. I, I heard rupturing. I thought that. His victim said, quote, I suddenly felt this incredible pain. You can't imagine it. I couldn't breathe. It hurt so much. You can't, you can't know how happy I was when I got to hospital and they gave me an anesthetic, end quote. Prosecutors told the court, the blast of air burst his intestines, causing massive internal bleeding. It was an emergency operation, which the victim almost died from. He was in intensive care for 11 days. 
A big section of his large intestine was removed, and he had to have a bag fitted to collect waste. There you go. The end. <clears throat> By the way, just in case you missed the beginning, here. Because his friend had complained about sweaty buttocks. <laughs> there you go. Not to be confused with intercontinental buttocks. Wow. Yeah. Isn't that great? See, that that's... Is... <clears throat> I don't think that really is a competitor for worst story in the history of the world because it's just too funny. I mean, there's just too much there that amuses me. Yeah, but it's, you know, it, also nobody died. <laughs> so that, that would have almost been a Darwin watch if they Yeah, if, that had been a, if someone had died, it would have been Darwin watch. But, I, I you know, it's a good story. It really it's, is. Because, first of all, <laughs> I'm thinking about my, my closest friends. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I'm thinking if my buttocks were sweaty, <laughs> who would I complain to about it? Like I, I know my, my my good friend Ron is listening right now, and of all my friends, Ron is the one that I would most likely complain about my sweaty buttocks to, but I wouldn't. Like if you had to have it addressed, though. If I mean, I, who talks about their sweaty buttocks? I don't know. Well, I, you know, I think guys talk about that more often than women do, probably. I'm, you know, I might say, hey, do you have a fan I could borrow? That would be the extent of it. Why, and David? Then, and then so, that, well, you know. My buttocks is kind of sweaty, <laughs> we, and I would like to position the fan to blow, you know, cooling cool air. air. Yeah, and if it was a real friend. Yeah. Yes? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I, I don't know. It's just... But you're saying your friendship does not extend to the, I'm going to pull down my pants with, hey, will you jam an air <laughs> rifle in me? And here's the thing. I think he's confusing, confusing buttocks with ass. You know, he's confusing, confusing buttocks with rectum. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think the, that he was sweaty on the inside. Because, like, okay, this paper that I'm holding in my hand right now, if <laughs> yes. your butt is sweaty, I could do that for you, Rick, right there. I, <laughs> a fanning motion would cool you down, I I'm mean, sure. It seems like if you're a guy, and first of all, <laughs> I mean, it seems like if you're a guy, you don't want a gun pointed anywhere below your belt line at all. Yeah. I mean, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I, I'm just, I'm so confused by the whole thing. And then uh, this guy says, I have a couple of questions. Uh, was the rifle loaded or was it air? And said, no, it was air alone. Um, and then he says, under what circumstance would you consider going sans pants in a steel mill? In my mind, this is some horrible reimagining of the climactic scene in Terminator 2. Only instead of Arnold firing the grenade into a T-1000, it's a guy's colon. <laughs> I've been in a steel mill before. Really? And I would wear underwear. I would, and in fact, I would wear heavy-duty pants because that molten steel's flying everywhere. Oh yeah. You don't want to kill you yeah, dead. Yeah, yeah. It's it's like you don't use a chainsaw wearing shorts <laughs> and a tank top because one slip and there your your leg's gone. Unless you're in Florida. Yeah. Well. Uh, hello, hi. You're on the Rick Emerson Radio Program. How can I help you today? Hey, Rick. I just had a question for you about the uh, Peter Sellers film. Yes, sir. Have you ever watched one called The Party? Uh, no, I do not believe I have. Oh, you need to write that down and watch that uh, show. That is hilarious. What is that? What is the party, sir? The party is a movie, or a movie with Peter Sellers in it, where he was an actor and he ends up getting fired and gets uh, makes himself go to this party. And it's uh, the things that go on are just hilarious. All right, what, when did this come out? Is it like a seventies? Yeah, this is. I don't know the exact date, but yeah, it's it's an older movie for sure. Excellent. All right, I'm uh, I'm all over that. Yeah, he was uh, he was a, a, a really amazingly uh, a gifted actor, and I, apparently just kind of a bastard as a human being. And I, I kind of um, I kind of skipped that documentary they made about him because I guess they made him out just to be a huge dick. But um, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I guess he was. I guess he was just kind of an ass. Uh, but boy, you want to talk about a guy? 
And I, of course, you know, because I, when I was a kid, I latched onto those Pink Panther films. And when right. you were a kid, and it's, you know, and, and I think when you're a kid, you develop, if this makes sense, you develop weak spots. In other words, just when you're sort of, you know, because as you grow up, there's certain things that just aren't as funny as, as you know, as they used to be. Like flatulence, at least for me, you know, you get a little older and there's only so many times a guy can say, pull my finger, you know, whatever. Right. But right. certain things, you just never develop the comedic armor and they remain hilarious. Uh, oh, to yeah. you, like that, like that Ren and Stimpy, Stimpy's fan club episode, which I mean, right. I mean, I'm a 35 year old man, and it reduces me to tears. <laughs> Same thing with a lot of those Pink Panther films. I mean, it's just, I, I will, I, you know, it's, I will nearly lose control of my bodily functions watching those if I'm in the right mood. So the party, oh, yeah. all right. I'm, I was trying to watch one the other night. My wife's trying to sleep, and I'm watching one, laughing so hard I'm keeping her awake. And I'd seen the movie, you know, ten times already, but. Just great, great. No, it's I love those yeah. Guys. My wife has asked me to do it too. She'll she'll ask me to keep it down if I'm watching something <laughs> and it's just making me laugh too hard. All right, excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. Here's uh, David Walker, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, Heidi Fleiss is back in the news. Most of us might remember Heidi Fleiss as the former Hollywood madam, um, but she is back in the news today. Are you ready for this? She's going into a new business, the renewable energy business, which she claims. Oh, she's going into the porn business. No, 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 no. Well, six of one, half dozen of the other, right? I mean, renewable energy. Uh, what you, like solar something or other? It doesn't really say here. It just says, this is a quote from her. She says, I'm, and, and, and I think I'm going to put all of my property for sale in Crystal. I'm assuming Crystal is, is somewhere in, um, in Nevada because she was talking about opening up in a, bor- a bordello. I don't want to work so hard and deal with the nonsense in the sex business. Really? The sex business is nonsense, and I never would have never would have thought that. Not like the energy business. Yes, That's just yes. a smooth-running uh, industry right there. Instead, she's focusing her, her attention on an alternative energy project she said is, quote, perfect for Nevada. That's where the money is, she said. That's the wave of the future. Is this going to be like where when you go to visit a hooker uh, that they like, uh, you know, they they attach your hips to some sort of like a lever and a gear? I was thinking the same thing, sort of like, um, you know, like on Gilligan's Island when they, you know, the generators that they built. I I was thinking like, you know, a sex generator or something. I've been trying to find a sex generator for years, my friend. Uh, the, no, the, uh, but you know, it's like a, it's like if you're in a bomb shelter, they always have. Uh, and I, it, it, people know that I used to I used to do the show that the studio was in a bomb shelter and blah blah blah. But in the corner, one of the things they had, in addition to all the like survival food and everything that was in tins, they had this contraption. It was like it was like an exercise, but it was hooked to this big belt that turned, uh, you know, like a. Some, it turned a gear and something or other. Anyway, it was an air purifier, and it was an air purifier slash power generator. And the deal is, like, you would ride a, you know, you'd ride the bicycle for like two hours a day or something, and it would give you then like twenty hours of electricity and air. And so they ought to do that though. Where yeah, it's just it's just hooked a horse, uh, and then or you know to the Johns anyway. And mm-hmm. then it, there you go. And then it's like it, it, you, you know, then you know, from this one brothel alone, we can create fifteen million humpawatts. Or something. Now, I did see somebody who who had a. Uh, I saw a documentary. I wish I could remember where um, a guy had that in his home. He had this sort of uh, a treadmill that he had built, and he would, you know, do his exercise for like 30 minutes a day, and then that would charge up the generators in his home. And and they did that in Soylent Green as well. The um, that classic Charlton Heston movie. You know what they ought to make? Uh, okay, here's the thing. Why don't they make this? I got two ideas. Why don't they make? I guess it's just one. Why don't they make some sort of a uh, 
Why don't they make some sort of a, like a, 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 a some sort of a battery you could wear? But it would be like maybe a belt, almost like a like a like a uh, like a bat utility belt or something. But the deal is, as you walked, it charged the batteries, and then when you got home, those batteries could then you just stick them into a thing and then they power something or other. But then as you're just walking around during the day, you get exercise because you're having to wear the belt and the batteries. But it would get be like a belt, so it wouldn't be huge. And then as you are walking throughout the day, the belt is uh, the belt is charging. I think that's a great idea. There you go. Just file that away under things I will never do. But that's a great idea. Patent that one there. Yes. Pamela Anderson is living in a trailer park. Of course. There, I know. Does that somehow that doesn't seem like news? No, I mean it just. Seems when I like, read that, I was like, oh, really? That's a water returning to its own level kind of a thing. Exactly. Well, she has moved in with her current boyfriend after she she's been married. Uh, what is this? Seventeen times now? Oh no, only three times. Quick, anybody? Can anybody here name her marriages in order? Oh, can well, I, 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 I'm cheating because I have the piece of paper. So Sarah? it's up to Sarah. Pam um, Anderson's she's been marriage married is three order. times. I don't know. Wasn't she married to? I can't remember who was before Tommy Lee. See, that's the thing. I and can't. Top Tommy Lee and then Kid Rock. Mm-hmm. Was she married before oh, Tommy Lee? Oh, and then that Richard Richard Solomon guy. Wasn't she married to him too? Yeah, I thought you she... just named them in order. Yes, Tommy Lee was her first. So the top, yeah. Wow, I'm kind of impressed, and, and I'm actually a little shocked that you knew that. I didn't think you would get it, only because... Oh, come on, Rick, don't tell me. No, 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 it's not that you don't follow scandal and gossip. You do. Uh, we all do. But I, it just, that seems like... It just seems so hard, because I had the same thing. Like, I can't even keep track. Because I thought she was married to Kelly Slater at one point. I I think she just shacked up. Yeah, they were just like fucking baseball. Well. Yeah. She has a thing for, like, surfer boys. And, yeah, well, and, and this trailer park is located in Malibu, which... Um, that's like that's sort of a different breed of trailer park. I don't know if you ever. I had a friend who actually lived in a trailer park in Malibu, and it was it, like that. It's the Beverly Hills of trailer parks. It really like like I can't remember which one of the Carradine brothers lived there, but it was like <laughs> two trailers over. I'm not making this up. It was like uh, it, it was it was it, I think it might have been David Carradine. I don't think it was Keith. But one of the Carradines was living in this trailer park at the time. And, Wait, is there, David Carradine's the Kung Fu Carradine? Um, no, yeah, so it would have been Keith then. I get them confused. Wait, who is Keith Carradine? Keith Carradine would have been the older brother, I believe. There's Keith, David, and Robert Carradine. Don't say Keith, David, because then you're freaking me on that, because then I just started thinking about uh, Maid Marion, the guy yeah. from Requiem for a Dream. <laughs> so Mm-mm. I'm going to go as Keith, David, Carradine for Halloween. Okay, there you go. Wait, wait, so but what would I have known Keith Carradine from? Um, Keith Carradine, oh, wow, what would you have known him from? We'll have to look, at, I'll look him up during the break and, and figure that out. Is okay. he sort of the, uh, is he like the, um, is he the, the Joe Estevez of that, uh, of that family? Aren't they all Joe Estevez when Dude. you really stop to think about that? Have you ever seen Joe Estevez act in a film? Yes, I have. Oh, man, have you seen him in Soul Taker? <laughs> I haven't seen Soul Taker, but I think I saw him in a movie with Don Swayze once, actually. Really? Yeah, or Joey Travolta. One of the, I mean, it, it, that, that, that's sort of the dream cast, is like the sibling... Frank Stallone. Frank Stallone, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Joe Estevez, he was in this awful movie called... Right there, I know I've shocked everybody. He was in this movie called Soul Taker, which was just <laughs> terrible. It was terrible, and it was on sci-fi one night and I sat watching it just thinking to myself where it just becomes like without the without the aid of any sort of chemical stimulation I was watching it just fascinated just like who like I and you're a filmmaker David so you must think about this stuff all the time and by think of I mean be incredibly angered by this all the time where you're watching a movie like again Soul Taker which is from I think I don't know like maybe like maybe 89 or something 88 okay. so it's before 
It's before digital filmmaking. Yeah. It's before you could just go get what we used to call a handy cam off the shelf and just go home and you edit it on your MacBook and then you're done. I mean, you had to get like actual film and real cameras and, and funding and financing and distribution to make Joe Estevez's Soul Taker. And you ask yourself, where did this money come from? Yeah. And how did it get funded? And how is this movie being made? It's not even like Roger Corman, who, you know, has got that down to a science. Like Joe Estevez has nothing down to a science. And yet, clearly... He's making those movies. They, they're still making them. I just watched one the other day called Yeti, and 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 Peter DeLuise <laughs> was in it. Please tell me he's the son of Dom DeLuise. He is the son of they, they, Dom DeLuise. Has two sons that went into film and television. Peter, I think Peter was on Twenty One Jump Street. I could be wrong. There was there's Peter and then Chris, and I, I get confused. But one of them was on Twenty One Jump Street, and I watched a movie called Yeti, and the whole time I I kept thinking. I'm just done with film. I'm done. I'm giving <laughs> there this is up. No God. There, there's no hope. There's no. It's it's over for me. I'm doomed. I'm not laughing at you being doomed, by the way. No, no, that's okay. I I I laugh at myself. <laughs> I mock myself in the mirror every morning when I wake up and every night before I go to bed. You call yourself a filmmaker. Wow, suddenly I feel like I'm on the couch or something at a therapist's office. This but. studio does have that effect on people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Schmidtke wasn't in here half an hour, and he started talking about how he dropped acid one time. Wow. What else did he admit? He admitted something else. He oh, that about, he was a night molester. Uh, what? Be very what, careful. what is that? Not, no, no, no. What? Not in the guilty <laughs> pleasure way. Okay. Uh, no, that he would wake up in the middle of the night realizing that he'd been groping his wife. Uh-huh. Not just groping. Uh, full on, he'd get his hump on apparently in the middle of the night, uh, but as like unconscious, uh, you know, but he was asleep. But then it was the awkward thing of like, and I'm not revealing anything he didn't reveal on the air, by the way. I don't think I'm talking out of school here. Uh, but he revealed that he, uh, at one point that he'd, uh, he'd experimented with, uh, uh, the, the acid, but then he was talking about how he was also, uh, this, he, he, he would apparently while asleep. Not would, I think he still does. He does while asleep occasionally in, uh, begin relations with his wife. Which apparently she's happy about, you know. I, I would imagine, and then, but then I guess he reta- he regains consciousness at some point, but then once he regains consciousness, like he's not all that into it, and so then it's all like I, oh god, I want to get back to sleep, and uh, and then it's you know awkwardness. So that's that is a little odd. I I mean I I've woken up humping the pillow before, but that was that's about the extent of it, and I don't think I've done that since I was like eighteen. John. So. Uh, Don, 18? Yeah, 18. Yeah. Don, Don Taylor was uh, was here. I think it was the first or second time she was here. And we never actually got a chance for her to finish the story. But she hadn't been here, again, le- I think she was here less than half an hour. She goes, I had the weirdest gynecological visit one time. So I'm up in the stirrups. And then we had to take a break, and we never got to finish it. <laughs> and we went to a commercial break, and she goes, she goes, why did I just start telling that story? And I said, I don't know. It's the, the, because we're, we're on an Indian burial ground here or something. But... um. What was my point? Oh, anyway, so being in the shrink's desk, uh, in the shrink's office, blah, 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 backing up Joe Estevez, Soul Taker. So I saw Soul Taker starring, starring Joe Estevez on sci-fi. And the only thing that made it worthwhile is that then about six months later, I saw it on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And that was just, and it was, that was gold, baby, because I'd already seen it once just by itself. And the recurring gag all the way through is that every time Joe Estevez would do anything, travel anywhere, pick up anything, it would be like blank taker. So, like, he would pick up a soda, and it would be like, you know, Joseph says, soda taker. And, <laughs> and at, one, at, one point, at one point, he gets off a city bus to go to a hospital, and, like, you know, Joseph says, bus taker. And it was, and it's one of those things that becomes exponentially funnier every time they do it. That and 
Joe Estevez is occasionally retained by right-wing political action groups to voice commercials for their causes because his voice is identical to that of Martin Sheen, because Martin Sheen is his brother. Mm -hmm. And so Joe Estevez will occasionally, you'll hear him go, the National Rifle Association needs your support. Everyone should have an assault rifle. Everyone needs nuclear weapons. Anybody who says differently is a commie. This, you know, and they, they never say who it is either. And so you're like, boy, that Martin Sheen, he's really turned into a hard ass. Yeah, he's, he's a hypocrite. <laughs> exactly. Bastard. All right, here's uh, David Walker, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, well, uh, this one, this one just, I, I just glanced at this. This has a sort of a, a bit of a local angle. Um, uh, Twincest slap burlesque, burlesque sexist duo in harassed suit. Normally, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even read about this one, but this does have a Portland angle because it is the porcelain twins. Heather and Amber Langley, which um, are two local, I guess you could call them burlesque performers slash strippers slash... Um, so this story is from Portland? No, it's in New York, where apparently they were forced to have sexual relations with each other. Wait, whoa, whoa, hold on. I'm so confused. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of confused by this, too. They, they are from Portland, where they, this is where their, their rise to fame I'm, began. I've seen them at Dante's before. Yes. These are stripping twin sisters. Yes, they Excellent. are. Porcelain, right. they're, they're called the porcelain twins because they are... Um, Alabaster skin? Yes. All right. And, and, and honestly, way too skinny for David Walker's taste. Yeah, but that's, that's just a, beside No, that's point. a common problem. Um, but apparently that was uh, a, a big thing because they, they went to New York where they, they ha actually have become somewhat famous on the sort of underground burlesque scene. Um, and they were uh, right here says, while the Langley Langley's had made a career out of simulating sex acts with each other on stage, they are identical twins who have never been engaged in incestuous sexual relations with each other, either privately or professionally within the confines of their performance art, their suit says. However, apparently... This uh, this club owner Simon Hammerstein uh, forced them to have sex. Oh. But I mean, like at like at his house like or something, point? or like no, oh, yeah. But I mean, like, I'm 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 still See, trying to make you... sense of this is this is one of those sort of poorly written articles that it's sort of enticing, and then you read it, and there's a lot of questions left unanswered. And so. I'm just thinking of Keith David again, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, the sisters say they were invited to perform two weeks stint at the upscale Lower East Side burlesque showplace where patrons have reportedly included, wow, Moby, Jay-Z, Jude Law, Cameron Diaz, and Lindsay Lohan. Um, yeah, this is just, this is one of those those stories that... Uh, this raises, raises more questions. Raises more questions than it answers. I'll have to do a little bit more research. Oh, well, wait a sec. It is in the New York Post, which means it could be completely... That is America's finest newspaper that's not the National Enquirer, you know. That's right. Wait, but so, so there wasn't like... So this wasn't like a thing where like they were in his basement or something. No, they were they were at his club. I mean, for those of those listeners that don't know, in New York, there ain't a thing you can't buy, and you can see it and you can pay for it if you've got the money. Um, and so they were apparently performing sexual acts on each wow. other. And uh, look, I, and I'm and of course if that turns out, I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not trying to diminish that, but I mean it's like here's my, my I mean oh that's just I don't know like hearing that stuff just makes me queasy because I have a sister I'm close to. I'm just like there's no. Well, you know what's weird? Amount of money. Do you want to know what's weird? I saw a documentary once about homosexual male twins 
who have sexual relationships with each other. Now, where did you see this documentary? Uh, this was uh, like, this I'm is back in the BBC. <laughs> this is this is back in my day as a as a professional film critic, and I I must have seen it at like one like the Gay Lesbian Bi Transgender Film Festival or something like this. And and aside from the fact that it disturbed me beyond words, well, yeah. The one thing that struck me was that wow, there are enough homosexual twins having relationships with each other that you can make a documentary about them. that was gonna, okay see i thought it was like one set no 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 <laughs> wow and um so you got to figure okay they say that you whether the in the gay population is something like you know between between like six and ten percent let's say yeah and then of the gay of that ten percent how many of them are are men of that ten percent how many of them are of that percent how many are twins of that percent how many are like yeah. Well, I don't know. Let's uh, let's try it. And then, like, of them, how many are willing to go? Like, let's be on camera. Yeah. So there was there. I, they must have profiled at least four sets of twins. Now, was this like an? I can't believe I'm asking these follow-up questions, but now I'm fascinated. The now were these like ongoing relationships the twins were having, or was this like a well, this one time it was? No, no, these were ongoing. You know, um, sort of long term. I mean, it was it was surreal. And 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 you know, let me say for the record. I do live in a glass house, so I don't like to throw stones. Right. But this was weird even by my standards because if I had a twin brother and he was an identical twin, I don't look at my look at myself in the mirror and go, "Ooh, I want to get with myself." You mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm not I'm vain, but I'm not that vain. I remember uh I, I remember uh, I had my friend uh, uh my friend Scott is uh, years ago. I remember asking my friend Scott who was gay. I said, I said, "Let me ask you this." I said, "Eh, if I just uh, like if you if you like looked in the mirror but like you couldn't see your own face like if I showed you a picture of yourself nude but like with the head cropped off would would you you know like would that would that turn you on and he he looked at me and he goes what do you mean and I said I said let me say for for the sake of argument that I took a photograph of you and I just removed all the identifying features because he was you know he was a good looking guy he was all in shape and I said and I showed it to you you know the rest of you sans face said would you you know would that do it for you and he looked at me and then he just and I could see like the vapor lock forming in his head. And he opens his mouth, and it was like you could hear the gears all binding up. And he goes, I don't know. And then literally, it was like four minutes later, he was like, I got to go home. And then he just left. And I always suspected that he went home and put like a paper bag on his head <laughs> to figure it out. Because he, you could tell he honestly had no, like it had never occurred to him for whatever. Which, dude, and if I, it doesn't make any sense. If I was a gay man, I would just... It's all right there. You know, it's like your own porn film happening in your house all the time. All you need is just, uh, you know, you see the mirror that crops off at the appropriate angle. I'm just saying. That, you're just saying, yeah. I I try to wrap my brain around concepts like that, but it just it just doesn't work. Uh, the reason I said it was the, probably the BBC uh, on KCMD Portland is because they did that. Um, it was called Guys and Dolls, and I think in America they had to change the title because of a trademark thing. But it was about those guys who were in the relationships with the real dolls. Oh, yeah. Which is just, mm -hmm. no, no, I mean, no. it's fascinating but creepy, and especially because some of the guys are not overtly crazy. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, one of the guys who was attractive and successful, and he'd been in the, the British Air Force and was wealthy, and because uh, you have to because those dolls are like ten grand. They're, they're, they're very spendy. Yeah, I, I sometimes will sit around with my friends and we'll have that conversation. Okay, so at what point would you resort to a real doll? At what point would you consider right. getting with men, you know, because all of your failed relationships with women? At what point would you right. have an incestuous relationship with your identical twin brother? And the answer to every single one of those questions is never. Never, never, never. never. If I had the money to buy a real doll, 
There was, there was a great article. I, I, this is a terrible thing to talk about. But when Real Dolls first came out, there was an article. It was probably like in Maxim or something like that where uh, the guy wrote it and he broke down the cost of a Real Doll versus, you know, how many, like, wives you could buy to a mail order <laughs> agency and, and was, you know – he theorized, okay, so if you spend X amount of dollars and then she's with you long enough to get her citizenship, then she leaves you, then you'll still have money left to get another wife. And there's something like you could get like three wives for the cost of a real doll. Well, because a real doll, it's not, it's like maintenance too. In that documentary, there's a whole thing where a guy, there was a guy in California who that's what he does for a living. Dudes send him the real doll and he fixes them all up because it's like they get sullied or. Yeah, some such. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was all kinds of uh, weird. And at one point, they asked the guy who repairs real dolls. They said, "So, like, have you ever uh, been with one?" And he said, "He said, well, you know, for the longest time I didn't." He's like, and then at a certain point, he's like, "You got to figure out why somebody's paying ten grand for this thing." So he said, "He said he did it just because he wanted to. He wanted to, to like put together in his head why somebody would be paying like ten large for a piece of plastic." And mm. and he goes, and, and he goes, that didn't really do anything for me. I, I've never wondered why people spend ten bucks to smoke a crack rock. You know, I mean, I'm just not one of those guys. I'm my curiosity is it extends to having conversations like this, but um, and it's making me realize that as weird as we may seem collectively in this room, we're actually ve- very well adjusted, somewhat well, comparatively normal speaking. Yes, exactly. Well, I don't. I mean, I you know, I would say this. I would actually be very interested in. Um, there's no way to say without it sounding weird. Uh, be interested in feeling a real doll because I want to because that's the thing they talk we about, did. right? Remember when we said one thing. And so, see, and I wonder if that's the same material. So uh, years ago, Sarah had never been to an adult uh, store of any kind uh, for whatever reason, and she just never been been to one. So, so we did this whole field trip on the show where we went to a local uh, adult emporium where they sell novelties and the goods of all varieties, and we walked through, and that's where she got the. Uh, that's where Sarah got what she thought was a bracelet. And it turns out it's a bracelet for another part of your body, if you're a man. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, I, I, and she'll occasionally still wear it uh, <laughs> on her wrist. You'll see it. It's a uh, black leather with snappy things. But um, so we're walking through, and they're kind of giving us the, you know, the uh, one of the proprietors giving us the nickel tour of, like, you know, all the different sections of the store. And there was that whole glass case where it was just, like, nothing but what we used to call blow-up dolls. But, I mean, they're just, you know, the sex dolls or yeah. whatever. And the one had, like... Cyber skin or something, I think is what they called it, and it had that little thing like where it was like a, it was like a little uh, like a little opening in the package where you could kind of like touch a sample of it, and it wasn't part of the actual doll, but it was yeah. like you know, it was like that Pat the Bunny book, but with a sex doll. <laughs> um, so, but you, but I got to say, it felt really weird. I don't know that it actually felt like skin, but it felt not. It kind of I mean, felt skin like. It was. It was weird. It was like. Um, it was. It was like silly putty or something. That's kind of what it felt like. Well, there there was one years ago when I was a stand-up comedian. I used to go into those places and write down the you know the um, the different products that they had. Right. And there was one sex doll that they had with quote unquote movable eyes, and there was like some sort of battery pack in the back, and you would turn on, and their eyes would move from side to side, and so it was sort of like those mechanical. Things that you see like during the holidays when people put out like the fake Santa or the fake reindeer. Or one of those cat clocks on the wall. Yes, yes, that's <laughs> it. A cat clock, exactly. And so, and I, and, and, but the box said, now more lifelike with movable eyes. And, uh, so creepy. Yeah, and it was so bizarre. And you know, Jesus. you would see this sort of stuff. And the thing is, is like, until the real doll, you know, when we talk about advances in technology, cell phone, internet, wireless, I would say one of the most, you know, extreme advances in technology is in the, the sex doll industry, because totally. before the real doll, those things didn't look anything like 
a human being. Well, they were whatsoever. all like Richie Bristol's. You know, he has a he has a blow up doll. Yeah, a yeah. Sarah Palin doll. Uh, it doesn't look anything. You know, it's just a, with her face on the on the packaging, or whatever. But it's um. But yeah, that's what you had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was it. I mean, that's you know, and and that's why they were only ever given as gag gifts because I mean, I got one as a gag gift. It was uh, my mom bought me one for my 16th birthday. Really? It was the creepiest thing, and she she had already blown it up, and so <laughs> she handed it to me for my birthday. My mom, God, I love her. Happy birthday, son. And. uh... I, I think I had it for like maybe a week or two, and it was sort of like remember in Poltergeist the clown doll. <laughs> the, the kid was so freaked out he thought totally. I was just convinced uh, like it, it was Babette the inflatable doll or something. Was just gonna even though I deflated her, I was still convinced she was gonna reinflate and come get me. And so I threw it out and. You're afraid that you're going to wake up and she's in bed next to you going, I think we should get married. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. What are you thinking about right now? <laughs> yeah. You don't hold me anymore. And that, and that would be a realistic, you know, real doll right there. It says things like that. That would like be that. funny to have an actual real, real doll. Yeah. Somebody was... should do it. That's a YouTube movie waiting to happen oh, right there. So funny. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, anyway, so there's that. So there's that. And then uh, so forth. Yeah, the... um. Yeah, the twin sister story is just weird. And 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 let me just make this one final comment. Because they're from Portland, mm-hmm. so I guess in Seattle, I'd never heard of them. But um, it, yeah, they used to uh, Dante's all the time. Yeah. Well, well, this would just be my estimation, and this is just my constitutionally protected uh, editorial uh, observation here. I don't know the girls or know anything about them except what's in the story. But just in the abstract, I'm not trying to uh, uh, d- diminish or make uh, make light of uh, anything that may or may not have happened to them in the story, the allegations at this point, but. I mean, if you're twin sister strippers, even if you're not actually engaging in getting it on, if you are simulating sex mm-hmm. with your twin sister, there's something deeply broken in you. That's mm-hmm. either a not loved enough or loved way too much as a girl. No, thing. like if you if you open that door, you know, it just kind of seems like that's the the ultimate conclusion. I mean, that's the yeah. Like I, mean, I would the, not, like yeah. there are people who do that and there are people who don't. Like there there are two specific people. I, I could like what's the distinction? I guess would be my question. You know what I mean? Like. It, and people say, well, well, there's all the difference in the world between simulate, but there isn't. No, That's, no, there's no, not I'm, all I'm the sorry. difference in the world. There was, um, and I can't confirm this. Maybe a listener can email and confirm this. Um, porn stars Amber Lynn and Peter North are reputed to be brother and sister. No, yes. get out. Yes, and I've heard this multiple times. And so I've I've tried to confirm this over the years. Um, because also, and then I'm trying where to remember. Did you, I mean, but where did you oh even God, hear that? Oh God, is this going to deviate into a porn thing? Why is it always <laughs> porn with you guys? I get three minutes to talk about loss, and we're going to have to sit here and talk about blow-up dolls for 17 more minutes. The answer's in the question, there, Sarah. Uh. Why is it always porn with you guys? Boys, I'm, I'm yes. sorry, Sarah. I didn't mean to offend you so much. It's not offensive. It's just boring. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, um, I think I might have read it in. Um, the other Hollywood, Legs McNeil's book about uh, right. the adult film industry. I'm, I'm, I, but I, I've read it a couple of times. I'll, I'll have to do some here's, research. So would that be a big deal? Because did they hump it out? I, I, see, that's what I'm trying to remember. I don't know, but here's but here's the thing in the world. Of, but I mean, and they're Amberlynn and Peter North. They're not Ron Jeremy famous, but they're just one level. Like Peter North. Yeah. Is I know. A, P- I know the name Peter North because yeah. he's he's one of those. Like, Didn't he, he die a horrible death? Or no, something? that's no, John Holmes. He's still around. Okay. Um, he's one of those porn stars that again. He's just he's just underneath mainstream familiarity. In other words, he's not Ron Jeremy, um, but he's just one one shade away from being mainstream famous. I mean, like you ask guys, like Don Geronimo used to be like, ah, Peter North. It, guys all know who every, and for reasons I don't need to explain, every guy knows who Peter North is and what Peter North's um, 
What, what he is best known? Are. Yeah, what he's best known for. Uh, everyone, and it has nothing to do with. Uh, it has nothing to do with uh, uh, with uh, uh, the size of anything. Well, anyway, the point is. He's he is very famous in the porn he's world. Famous and for he's doing a specific something. Volume. He's yes, famous you know how, for volume. You know, volume by he talks a lot. He yeah. talks oh. loudly, and when he speaks, <laughs> Sarah, when he opens his mouth and words come out of his mouth, there's a, a lot of volume. Oh. To his words when they come out of his mouth. Got it. Um, but and Amber Lynn is, Amber Lynn's, uh, you know, is uh, is you know is we had Ginger Lynn actually on the studio. Uh, no. David just wrote Are the most. Are you kidding me? I think Sarah had already figured out. No, that wasn't what I was thinking. What were you? Hold on, everyone. We have to stop this. So, just now. Wow. When I said, when I just now said, Peter North is famous because when he opens his mouth and the words come spilling out of his mouth, they do so with a lot of volume. And I figured Sarah had cracked the code. Sarah goes, Oh, I get it. When the words come pouring out of his mouth. Well, you didn't say spilling or pouring before. <laughs> There's a lot of volume. David Walker just wrote down what I'm assuming is a horribly crude. It is hor- Why don't you show him David And then Walker? showed it to Sarah, he, uh, like, a, like an actual blunt description. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Yeah. <laughs> I, that wasn't me. I know it wasn't you, but we're in our safety bubble right now, yeah. no matter if it was. Yeah, you know, the thing is she can't be harassed in here. Did you know that? According to HR. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, all but I would feel guilty if, if I actually did harass you, and, and I would hope you would say afterwards, you'd say, David Walker, that was very inappropriate, and I feel harassed. I would feel very guilty about it. You know we've had Byron in here like a hundred times. Yeah, I know. Uh, come on. There's no way I'm ever going to be like Byron Beck. So. Anyway, so Peter North, is, he's pretty famous, though. Uh, to the, you, know, like he's, you know what he is, Sarah? I'll put him this way. He's a guy you'd see referenced in a Judd Apatow film. Okay. Because guys would be like, yeah, Peter North. Uh, Why is that a skill, though? I'll explain during the break. Okay. <laughs> and Amber Lynn is Amber Lynn is famous again, yes. not Jenna Jameson famous, but famous. But for for that time, for her era, she was you know this was before, you know that many stars got right. really really famous. Well, that's yeah, like Nina Hartley before mm-hmm. it was a mainstream thing. So um, I'd never heard that. That is you know, and here's the thing: and as, as porn gets more and more, there was a, a great interview with the guy from Vivid Video in L.A. Times a while back, and he was talking he was talking about the internet and how the internet is just. It's just the internet is just killing them. I mean, the internet oh, yeah. because it's you know so much so much of us pirated, and plus there's all this stuff. These like amateur and what what he what did he there's, uh, there's there's some some porn thing. It's like a niche called like pro am, mm-hmm. and the pro am is like where it's a, it's you know it's like some guy who's doing it to make money. Like there's some porn site where they're you know it's like not free. They're making money, but but they still are basically just going out and they're finding some girl who's willing to go f a guy on camera. For like a, a grand in a hotel room, and then they put it up online. So it's a money-making venture, but they're not like professional porn stars. And he said that's the thing that's just devastating companies like Vivid. And he said also there's other companies that are doing things that Vivid just won't won't do. There's lines they won't cross. And one of the things he mentioned, he's like, he's like, I mean, you've got twin girl you know, porn stars that are out there, you know, doing it. You know, and yeah, it's, and it's, there's some it's creepy a whole stuff. Weird world out there. And what's interesting is, and I was as we were talking, I was trying to remember why I was never, how come I've never been able to confirm this Amberlynn Peter North rumor that I've heard over the years. And then I realized you can't do this sort of research on the Internet. No, because the, the, the moment you are, type yeah. in their names, I just did it on Google, and it's like, I'm not going to click on any of these sites, but I know what they are. None of them are, are you know, there's no bios, you know. It's, right. There, there's no Wikipedia <laughs> listing for... Um, for, for Peter North, there might be. There might be. We, I'll, Let's do I'll, it right now. I'll, well, you know, here's the other thing about Peter North. You know, he denied this for a long time. You know, he started, he had to start doing gay porn. 
Yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys. It's it's called gay for pay. Is the the um, is it David Walker? Yes, it is. Right. It's uh, all right. Which is one of those things. Ain't enough money for David Walker to be. Oh, paid that's a lie. That's true. It is a lie. I would do it. How much money? money? Okay, wait, hold on. Wait, now, see, this is something Sarah can get in on. By the way, Wikipedia. Peter North, first entry, name of a pornographic actor. So mm. he does have a Wikipedia entry. Okay, Sarah can join it on this, and then we'll take mm. a break. So David Walker, having admitted you would go gay for pay, mm-hmm. uh, how much for how much? In other words, would you have... First of all, let me ask you this question. Let me ask you a clarifying question. Okay. Assuming it's this is one of those things like a true romance thing where you have to do it. Your life is on the line. Yeah, it, it, the fate of 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 of, of everything depends. It's on the free world, exactly. Yes. Would you rather you have to do one of these things? Would you rather just have um, just uh, just hot 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 just sweaty relations with another man uh, to conclusion, mm-hmm. uh, but but you don't have to kiss him, mm-hmm. or just. <laughs> Tender cuddling and kissing on a bearskin rug caressing. while drinking and caressing while drinking wine, but you don't have to actually have relations. <clears throat> that's a that's see I've never had that question posed to me. Oh, before. see I, I got a million of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you do. You we, you should do make a list. You could do a book okay, of this. Stop, stop sure. <laughs> so you either got to just have full on sex but no kissing, or no kissing. tender cussing, uh, cussing, cuddling, kissing, caressing, uh, uh, spooning. Okay. Do I get uh, to pick the guy? Uh, same guy, both situations. Same guy, both situations. Bare um, skin rug, glasses of wine. <clears throat> oh, boy, that's a that's a tough one. But I, 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 I'm gonna say I'd probably go for the 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 the, the tender caressing really? thing. Yeah. That surprises me. Every well, single guy okay. I've ever asked that question of, I get, they're they're always like, well, neither. And then I go. Dude, you got it. The fate of the free world. Yeah, you got there's, there's, I, I, I fully accept that there's. I got to choose. But one they or the all other. go for the sex. Every single, like every single guy I'd ever well, ask that question, they all go for the sex. You know, the, the sex one. I'm sure every guy says the same thing. Well, I get to be the top. You know, which is the. You know, no guy is going to be the bottom, right? Um, but if I could pick the guy, then I would just pick like the most, you know, effeminate, girly-looking, you know, guy I could find. You would maybe. pick, uh, you'd pick a guy who looked as close to a woman as possible. Exactly. That's what I, that, that, that. Like and, a little petite men boy. And then, and and then, because you threw in the wine thing, I would get so drunk that you know, <laughs> I'd just be like. Dude, I was drunk. I didn't. Or later she on, looked be, like you know. So like in your memories later, you'd be like, "What was that girl I was with that night? She looked like the guy from Crying Game. Come on, you know. I mean, what's well, like you see Boy George interviewed back, you know, back in that behind the music thing, and he talked about how when he was getting it on with like the drummer or whatever from Culture Club, and he said his whole thing was like he just tried to look like as much like a girl as possible. He so he kind of looked like this sort of like. Kind of like an ugly Kate Winslet, yeah. uh, if you look at him back then. So that was his whole thing. It's like, I just wanted to look just as much like a woman as possible. So I think most guys have asked that they pick the full-on uh, sex just because they figure, like, because guys, let's just be honest, you, you know, guys can, you know, guy, the guys can, you know, can be interested in anybody long enough to, to, to have relations. You yeah, know, guys I mean, can power you, through anything yeah, for, like, can, ten minutes. Yeah, but I, I don't know. I'm I'm liking that that wine option. <laughs> it's just the the, the <laughs> and, intoxication is and, what and, makes it and work. And the fact that you know, it's like, I mean, I don't know. It's just like yeah. So it's like kissing your uncle. I guess I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I can't. That seems like an answer to a question that wasn't asked. I know. I know. <laughs> as, as the moment that came out of my mouth, I was like, wow. I just I might have. 
dug a hole for myself. Man, um, uncork the demon. Yeah. Let's take a break, shall we? When we come back, we'll do some more news. And uh, you brought a top five with you today. I did. It is it a, and that's a Valentine's Day top five? Valentine's related top five, yes. As only David Walker could come up with one. Excellent. All right. Uh, Valentine's Day themed uh, top five from David Walker. Later on, Darcel will be here to give Richie Bristol some drag tips. And uh, I believe Davey Nipples is stopping by at some point, but we'll see. Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer and more. Stay there. Emerson Radio Program in just a moment. We'll be joined by our good friend, Davey Nipples. David Walker is here. Hey, did you know that Peter North sells a book about how to meet and date beautiful women? I'm reading here in his uh, Wikipedia entry, which has, by the way, just more details about the... Uh, <laughs> you're saying he speaks with a lot of volume. There's more, more details about that than I ever... Many of uh, which I think were being read to Sarah during the break, so that was awkward. Um, <laughs> let's see how we You're got... welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Um, uh, oh, by the way, just... Uh, it's uh, funny because David seems so, like, well-spoken, but then he's, like, the dirt, the filthiest person. <laughs> well, and the thing is... <laughs> the thing that he wrote, like, he could have worded what he wrote on that piece of paper in so many different ways. And the three words that he chose to describe what Peter North does... You know what? But they were all monosyllabic words. They it were was easy concise. To, it was... It was quick and easy to write, and I got the point across. So I was, I was very effective you in You know what it is? Uh, that's an economy of language. That's right. Right there. Um, anyway, it, so I'm uh, reading this here. Um, it says, uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, legendary porn star Christy Canyon, uh, and I told you we, we had her on the show at one point, but she looks bad, um, confirmed a longstanding rumor in her autobiography that Peter North does not like to have his hair touched during a scene as it causes him to lose concentration because he does have this, like, perfectly shellac. You know, he's just afraid it's going to fall out. Well, that's the, I mean, yeah, he's very, but apparently, I've always heard he's very vain, and he has, there was this rumor forever, like, he did, like, don't touch my hair. And I guess that's the... Don't touch my hair. But I guess that's the thing. Uh, Christy Canyon says that that's, that's totally true. Um, where did this, uh, let's see, where did this, 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 little, uh, this little fun fact about him. Uh, let's see. I don't know where this went, but, it, but he's written, uh, but he has written this book uh, that is called, let's see, his book is called, his book is called Penetrating Insights. Um it's a 1994 uh, guide to meeting and dating beautiful women. Uh, the purpose of Penetrating Insights is to help the reader uh, meet more women. The book includes everything on, uh, every, tips on everything from grooming to personal health. And I just checked, by the way, and it appears to be completely sold out everywhere. So now oh, i got to find it. Oh, I thought it. you were going to order one. Out of print. Well, I went to Amazon, and there's a listing for it, which, by the way... It looks like one of those like self-publishing places where it's like like they used to, like those places that used to exist where like you would send in your poetry and a guy would read it over music. Yeah, I'm looking at the cover right now, and this is wow. I don't even know what font that is. I, I could write this book. It only got three stars, one customer review. 
I could write this. How could the Peter North book only get three stars, though? Because you figure that anybody, by definition, who's going to go be reading it is a huge fan. And, therefore, and you know, and look, anybody who's going to go legitimately buy Peter North book to dating women is is, is got to be, you know, an idiot of some kind. Okay, but see, you're, you're, you're getting confused here. This is the problem. You're assuming that they're going to read. Okay? That's true. And see, it's guys like you and I read this sort of <laughs> stuff because we're amused by it. Yes. We're more amused by what... Peter North says in his book than what he actually does on yes. Betamax. Yes. So. All right. Well, it's on, the, on the cover, it just says um, blah, 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 penetrating insights. And then literally it's the cover is Peter North sitting on like a bad, trashy uh, beach recliner surrounded by like gorgeous, by gorgeous women, uh, apparently. So there Very you nice go. for him. All right. I'm going to. Hello, Davey Nipples. How are you? Hi. How are you today? I'm uh, I'm fantastic. How's uh, how's life, brother? How are things? Life is good, but I have to admit I'm a little distracted by this piece of paper that's laying in front of me. Has that is been that the read air yet? rifle one? This is the air rifle story we read later uh, or earlier in the program that I was I was I had this whole thing where I was going to read it once an hour because it was fantastic. I'm just stuck on the sentence poking an air rifle up his friend's bottom and firing it, causing his intestines to explode. Yes. And also, did you read later on where it says that he did this because his friend was suffering from sweaty buttocks because they were going to steal foundry? Uh, well, it beats a glass jar. Yes. Yes, it does. Oh. Yeah. Yes, it does. Oh. Hey, just without being very uh, specific about it, have you watched that video all the way through, the latest video rodeo? Do you see the, did you read the, did you watch the entire thing? I've watched it several times. <laughs> I was trying to discern whether or not it was real. Oh, it's real. I Oh. That's real. That's a thing that you just know instinctively uh, is real. I mean, there's yeah. no doubt about that at all. Yeah, somebody sent that to me, uh, I think, about a month, month and a half ago. And, I, I of course, I, I'm the guy who's looking at the train wreck. I, so, I, yes. so I watched the whole thing, and it was so awful, I, I only sent it to one person. I withheld from sending it to my dearest Close friends like you. As opposed to inflicting it upon everybody. But I see it it made its rounds anyway. It's, it, because it's one of those things that everybody... Because I, I, I think that everybody, since the two girls, one cup thing... Right. That is like... You know what it is? It's like... Which a, I don't think that's legit. I don't think it's... Too many edits. I mean, I don't know if it's real, but I do know this. I know that that is, in fact, the trailer for a full-length right, fetish right. film. So that, that, that raises was jarring. some disturbing that was questions. It was jarring. It was jarring. You know what else is jarring, Davey? Um, but, but don't you think that, like, that's like, uh, you know, how Jaws was the first movie to make over $100 million. And right. then since then, every summer, it's like, what's the new Jaws? Right. Well, it's like, Two yeah. Girls, One yeah, Cup yeah, yeah. is the Jaws You're of right. the horrible internet video. Where it's like every, it's like Die Hard uh, uh, in a video store. It's uh, Die Hard at Disneyland. Well, this is like, it's like Two Girls, One Cup, but there's no cup. There's a jar. Yeah. And there's one, no girls. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I, I thought there's that, blood everywhere. I thought that was going to be hard to top the two girls <laughs> one cup thing. Then the uh, one guy one jar. Uh, yeah. What's next? I I don't. But the thing is, it's being filmed in a basement somehow yeah. uh, right now in a suburb in, in probably Germany. Probably nothing we probably, can yeah. discuss in public either. It's, so. it's being filmed with an air rifle in a steel foundry. <laughs> the best part, by the way, is this this story. I mean, it just with every sentence. German, I'll read the whole thing again. Just Those wacky Germans. German steel foundry worker has been given nine months jail sentence after poking an air rifle up, uh, a rifle up his friend's backside and firing it, causing his intestines to explode. Dennis Schwartz, 25, said he only wanted to help his friend, who had com- complained about sweaty buttocks from working in, a, in the Hallberg um, factory where molten metal kept temperatures soaring. He had jokingly offered to help his friend cool down by blowing some air over him and said, We often played around with air rifles. It was just a bit of fooling around. I said I was going to shoot him in the bum. He said he didn't care. 
<laughs> and I pulled the trigger, and he just collapsed. Oh, he had, it ruptured the man's intestines. Uh, the victim said, I felt this incredible pain. You can't imagine it. You don't know how happy I was when they gave me the anesthetic. <laughs> so the guy lived, right? He the, did. The, the, the... Oh, I thought he was totally dead. The blast of air, quote, burst his intestines. A big section of his intestines were removed, and he had to have a bag fitted to collect his waste. Speaking of bags collecting waste, have you seen that awful <laughs> wrestling picture where that guy was that Russian guy who was trying to oh, deadlift that weight in okay. his let's, entire lower? Let's talk about this for a second. Out of a sensitive area of his body, if it's the one I'm thinking of, the bum. He's trying to, but just he's deadlifting all this weight, and uh, yes, there is a uh, he literally. Well, let's just be very careful here. All of his intestines are forced out of uh, a, a small, small opening. opening on his body. And and remain there. And uh, Yeah. And I mean, it's <laughs> because it's all of like, bam. His, his, yeah. his, his center cannot hold and neither can the bottom. Wrestling suit is a little, wow. that little thing even rips. Yeah. Oh, that, that's. Well, have you, I mean, did you ever see, did you go to the Body Works exhibit? Yeah, when it was, was here, awesome. Uh, the Body Works exhibit was fascinating. It was beautiful. It really, I, it was interesting, and, and in a strange way, it was very beautiful. I mean, I'm, you know, because I'm, I totally thought it was, and I'm, because you know, I'm like, I'm not, uh, like, I'm not, I'm not like the smartest guy in the world when it comes to science, but I think, I, you know, it, it really is just like this beautiful thing that, like, there's this body that just works, right? Because there's like a billion things that have to go right every moment. Quick you know? question: How long were you at that uh, display when you had to stop and go, "Oh my God, these are real"? Oh, people. and that. Can't Camel? Yeah. yeah. That camel was, was cool. nuts. It was, I, I made it like almost to the end, and then I had to stop and think. I was like, like this is all this is real these are real people. people. Are just yeah. cut up. But there's that one where it's like all the intestines, and they're like, your body contains 7,000 miles right. of intestines. And it's like, and it really is. So, I mean, it's not surprising that guy's speedo ripped. It's like that guy, not nearly as bad, but that wrestler who like snapped his arm when he was lifting a weight oh, in the yeah, Olympics. Oh yeah, that too. Yes. Yeah, I that's got the a, audio. We'll play that. That's a bit. classic. So, what have you been up to, brother? What's up in your world? Um, well, I've got a little more free time during the day these days. Uh, got laid off to part time. Uh, so, so is this a, a streamlining, Davy Nipples? Uh, yeah, but you know what? I've been going to the gym. It's been a month. You look now. very trim. Well, you do. You look good. You know what? And everybody around here has gotten all messed Every, out. And all skinny. We got to keep up with Richie. You know. he, he looks amazing. I've Richie, seen him a long time. dude, you saw him with, we saw him with his shirt off the other day because he was trying on a dress, which is the kind of That's thing odd. you don't hear most of the time in most workplaces. <laughs> but man, he was in that little uh, plum dress right there, and it works, brother. It doesn't look like it would, but it works. He, may, he, Richie has dropped a lot of weight. Now it's making him Storm could fit in that. It's, it's. Imp- That's what I was saying. The red impressive. dress reminded me of something Stormy would wear. And he, it's made him uh, cranky and crazy, but he has lost the weight. So I guess really, you know, it's uh, it's because better to look good than feel good. Everybody looks good. You guys been dieting or what? What's going on? Well, um, Vizo? Rick just doesn't eat. I'm just on a diet of hate. Well, that's good. It keeps me thin. Maybe. I uh, use up all my energy, a loathing, and uh, and so forth. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. That's uh, all right. It's just, so, I mean, it's just, you know, what? It gives me time to see my friends. Well, then what am I going to do? Well, you know, it's always darkest before the dawn. I mean, it's just, there's just, like, at a certain point, I, I just mean, embraced it. It's well, like you know, it's not like I'm alone. Well, that, that's the thing is, like we all know this. It's like you just, you know, I mean, uh, look, I mean, half the people in this room right now, right, have have been affected by that to some degree. And really, if you factor in, you know, the Tim thing, right, you, it's half the people in the room uh, because there's one less person in the room right, than there normally right, would right. be. I mean, it's just, and at a certain point, you kind of run out of ways to respond to people who tell you like, "Hey, I got the sack," you right, know, and you're know, just like, I, uh, I mean, it's. Uh, 
Which, again, which is not to diminish anybody. In fact, it's quite the opposite. That It just becomes, I saw the most terrifying graph yesterday. And we'll, uh, we got the top five coming up here in a few. Darcel's going to join us. Um, but we, uh, the graph of job losses in this recession oh. versus, like, the last three uh, official recessions. And it's like, those job losses are all sort of like, the arrow is gradual. And this one, it's just like, chung, just like to the clip. floor. <laughs> I actually was talking to my wife last night and I slipped and I said, depression. I said, so this depression went, oh, and I, and I tried to suck it back into my mouth because right. I was afraid that if I said the word out loud, it would conjure it and it would happen. Right. So just uh, it's bad, 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 well, bad. I'm still in denial. I think that everything will turn around sooner uh, than later. So here's a, I, here's a question. So what is, what is the, what are the balls up to these days? You guys, are you playing? Are you uh, hiatus? You, what's, uh, what's up? Storm has been pretty busy doing extracurricular stuff. Uh, she's got her one-woman show coming up in a couple of months. That's in March or uh, April? It'll start like at the end of March. Okay. pretty much starts in April. So the balls, we have uh, one more show that's coming up uh, February 20th at Dante's. It's Frank Falacci, the owner. It's his birthday. Um, I'm not sure what the lineup is. It's kind of changed over a little bit. So the last performance for the balls for quite some time is going to be uh, Friday, February 20th at Dante's. Storm's also been doing some recording. Um, she's basically uh, writing a soundtrack that's going to coincide with the show. Right. So we've been doing a little bit of studio stuff, uh, and we're going to start boning up on some practice this next week, do one more show, and then um, she's pretty much going to be off on her own. So Can, can I just say this about you, Davey Nipple? Yes. When you come in here, uh, every time I talk to you, I'm distracted by uh, how great your hair is. And I know that sounds oh. like unbelievably like we're about to make out, which my, isn't the case. My long, blonde dreadlocks? No, or? I'm just... Uh, I don't know. You've got the... you got good genes going it on that hair. It smells good today. I just got a massage. You want to smell it? No, I won't. I don't have an air would, rifle. Would you guys, I could leave the room if you guys want. <laughs> no, no, no. You picked making out on a bearskin rug. I picked the. Uh, He's mad because he has no hair to smell. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. Uh, the, every, you, next time you see your dad, you want to thank him for that. Go, Dad, thank you for the good head of hair. Because uh, next you know, time you see him, you can thank him. He'll be around. You know, you're, man, I dig your dad. You your know dad what? My dad those... told me to tell you guys hi, by the way, and I owe you that. You, your dad oh, is the coolest. Your dad was so much fun to drink with during. Um, Rockstar Supernova. He reciprocates the feelings. And he had such a great time with you guys. You know, and here, the, the, your dad is one of those guys where it's like, you see, uh, sometimes, you know, the guys who get to a certain age are like, that's who I want to be like. I want to be just like him. Yeah, my dad still runs marathons. Really? 68 years old, and he can still pump out 26.2 like nothing. Well, it's like, I was watching that uh, that Metallica thing that's some kind of monster movie last night. That was kind of scary. And, well, and they have Lars Ulrich's dad who looks like Rasputin. You know, <laughs> but he's like a thousand years old with a beard to his knees. I would delete that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, Dad, like, what do you think about the new track? And, uh, you know, is it, uh, what do you, you were really proud of it. And he's like, um, if I worked for your company, I would say, delete that. That should not be played for anyone, Lars. It is, I think, not so much. No. Thanks, and, you know, and it's like you see Lars Ulrich just broken into little pieces right in front of you. Yeah, that was that whole show was very uncomfortable to watch. Does Richie have a breakup story today? No, he doesn't, actually. I just talked to him. And um, Walter Darcel. It's here. Okay, so we should uh, so we should do a breakup story and then uh, yeah. and then. So break. are your breakup stories like awful ones? Or well, is you it have all awful? Uh, do you have a breakup story, Davey, and or David? Well, I um, did one last week. I'm not going to do another one. <laughs> Storm- did you even do one like, um, like say for example, if you were on stage and something happened like that? It doesn't just ha- necessarily have to be like a relationship breakup. It could be a band breakup. So here's the deal. So we are doing the Happy Valentine's Day or not contest, and so uh, every day. Uh, we randomly, we've had listeners go to the website and give us a breakup story, 200 words or less, 
and we pick them randomly. So some of them are terrible, some of them aren't. Oh, okay. Uh, but we, we, you know, we read their, and if the deal is if we read your break of story on the air, you win a $75 gift card to proflowers.com. But to make listeners feel less alone, each day we have augmented it with one of, you know, a break of story oh. from like Sarah or from Richie or right. Kelly Clark. And mine are all kind of lame. Like, none of my breakup stories are that good because they all involve me just being a jerk and not calling anymore. Right. You know, or whatever. Uh, so you can, you can think on it if you want. Well, I have a, uh, I, one I could sum up quickly. Really? Uh, it doesn't involve... Oh, wait. Shall, we, shall we start? Do we want to roll the bit then? Mm-hmm. All right. So we'll do this. Uh, we'll do this breakup story. Darcel's going to uh, uh, join us here. we got a whole bunch of other stuff coming up. Let me get the... Uh, Get the bed rolling here, and then we will uh, start today's Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that's beautiful. Or not a story. This is from ProFlowers.com. Don't forget, you go to ProFlowers.com. You click the microphone on the upper right-hand corner. You type in Emerson, E-M-E-R-S-O-N, or call 1-800-PROFLOWERS and mention Rick Emerson for an amazing deal. That is ProFlowers.com. So, uh, should we start with the listeners or with uh, Davey, Sarah? What do you think? Let's do some listeners. How's right. the listeners today? It's uh, it's good. It's not, uh, again, it, the bar was set high uh, early on. What with the I secretly taped him with a hooker, uh, and I found a penis pump in the basement. But, you know, this isn't that. that but <laughs> this is from Stephanie. Stephanie, you've won a $75 gift certificate to ProFlowers. Uh, Hi, everyone. Last March, I was invited to Seattle to see Matchbox 20 and stay at a swanky hotel near the stadiums with a guy I've been dating for a few weeks. We had great chemistry. I couldn't wait to spend time with him and go to the show. We had a great sightseeing day, fooling around, went off to dinner and the concert. Great show. I enjoyed it. Back at the hotel, we, you know, fooled around some more and then went to bed. I woke up the next morning and he was screaming like a banshee, accusing me of stealing his wallet. As he is ordering me to, quote, give his wallet back, I find that he has then taken my suitcase and dumped it out all over the bed and is sorting through all of my clothes looking for the wallet he thinks I have stolen. After that, he proceeded to take the bed apart and off the box springs piece by piece. He then went and took out my professional camera and threw it on the couch, demanding that I, quote, give the wallet back. I called security and was trying to repack and get the hell out of there. Security arrived to try to calm him down, and as he is screaming that I've stolen his wallet, I pick up his bag on the chair, and underneath it, there's his wallet in a bag where he'd left it the night before. The security guy says, well, okay... That settled and tried to leave. I told security he wasn't leaving without me. I grabbed all my stuff and I left. My car was in valet, so I got in it and drove off. I managed to get away safe and didn't have to pay for anything. Dating rules or not. Happy Valentine's Day or not. Best show ever, Stephanie. So there you go. That is Stephanie. Congratulations, Stephanie. You won a $75 gift card through ProFlowers.com. Davey Nipples, what is your breakup story? Well, all my breakup stories that involve women are pretty straightforward much like yours so what uh, about your breakup stories with men well i'm choosing a breakup story with with a band today ladies and gentlemen davy nipples tells my, you his breakup story my breakup story starts on a beautiful sunny afternoon oh i think it was march 2002 hanging out with the fellas having a good time and I'm walking down the street. It was a beautiful day? It was a beautiful day. A, it was clear, a clear day? Yeah, I, w- I was walking about two, three inches off the ground, more or less floating. Had you ever seen a day so clear? Never. And the sky was blue and the birds were singing and suddenly appeared. It was amazing. And uh, a friend of mine walks up to me and says, Dude, why'd you lose the gig? And I'm thinking to myself... What could possibly go wrong on such a beautiful sunny day like today with the show coming up in a week? 
He's like, what happened? How come you lost the gig? And I'm like, lost what gig? He's like, I just heard on the radio that you're not playing with Everclear anymore. <laughs> and I was like, well, there must be a mistake. We have a show in a week. Certainly, uh, the fine, astute leader of that band would have the balls to call me on the phone and tell me something of this stature in person. We've been together for four years. Things were going so smoothly. So, to my surprise, dismay, got a little cloudy out. Now I'm definitely walking on the ground. Uh, turns out it's true. I was officially fired over the radio with no prior notification, consent, no letter, no explanation. Needless to say, we still had w one more show together. Uh, so practice was a little awkward. Uh, so I'm, I'm waiting, you know, as any man who just got dumped just wants to know why. You know, at least a, it's not you, it's me. At right. Least something like that. At least a lie of some kind. Yeah, well, I'm waiting for the lie. Yeah. I got nothing. I got nothing. No flowers, no no Valentine box full of chocolate. No, no kiss goodbye, no last longing No over kiss it. goodbye, no nothing. Just flat out, just dumped like and, a two-bit hooker. And the final, the final show, that was a lot of fun, I imagine. You know, I was going to throw a stick in the spokes just to be a jerk about it, but uh, it ends up it was a benefit for public schools, and my oh. son was just starting public schools, and this lady comes up to me, and she's like, thank you so much for doing this. Do you have kids in public schools? <laughs> and I was like, oh, Sean, get my stuff back out of the van. <laughs> leveraged into being polite. <laughs> so needless to say, I did, I did have a, a fun show. You know, it's like uh, you just been told you got cancer, you're dying in six days. What do you do? You go have fun. You don't sulk. So I had a great time. I walked away with a clear conscience, and I'm a better man for it today. You're a... <laughs> <laughs> Where did the uh, Well, you know, I, I would say this. Uh, maybe my final thought about that would be that... Um, you are an artist, of course, uh, you know, and... Uh, as any artist knows, um, art can be difficult. Yes. <laughs> working with art, uh, I've definitely had my ups and downs working with art, uh, especially the, the audio kind where... You know, it can be really loud and obnoxious. The world of art can be, uh, it can be a horrible, cold, <laughs> ugly place. It can, it can. It's difficult. The texture is wrinkly on... The texture's starting to get a bit haggard, you know. It can. <laughs> and bankrupt. Hey, can I just sit in the lobby of Entercom for no reason for like five hours today? Thank Is you. there a picture of art in the lobby of... There are no pictures we of art. We have one in the... I know art when I see it. We only... have some art in the kitchen if you want to go look at it. The only... Oh, I've heard about that. The only picture of art right now is the one that says, Do not accept checks from this man. Oh, wow, that's a nice painting. <laughs> I've seen that. You know, since we're, since we're doing it as a boyfriend, I, I know somebody who... Dated that guy who dumped with you on the radio. Uh oh. Another well, didn't date dumpy. him, but I mean, like, another work date. Oh. And yes. he also got dumped on the radio by <gasps> that magical man. Wow. My buddy. Um, so there's a little bit of a. My buddy was producing there. a radio show for him, and uh, let's oh. call this guy. Let's call say Art. And Art uh, decided to call my buddy one day and tell him he's. He actually got called? No, he called him one day, and they had the show on Sunday nights, and he's just like, you know. And sorry, don't bother coming in tonight. I'm not feeling so well. He's like, we'll just we'll see the show next week. And everybody's like, okay, that's cool. And I will happen to turn on the radio. 
and uh, this guy. Oh, that's funny. The show's on. Art. It's like, hmm, that's funny. Art's on it. With a brand new producer. I don't know. Never returned his phone calls ever again. Just, you know, my friend had done the show with him for like two years and just one day. You know, and I thought I was an ass. I actually did break up with a girl through a letter, which in hindsight is pretty big heel move. And also inefficient because it takes like five days for well, her to arrive. Well, she lived in Seattle, oh, so okay. I thought I was doing both of us a favor by saving a bus trip or something. But, yeah, I thought the letter was bad. Wow. I got a text message once. Really? A yeah. breakup text message? Yeah, it was like, you it was like are... five of them. It was, so it was a really Ooh. long text message, but yeah. See how you weren't going to tell the story. Start reading it, and the next one comes. It's like, hey, wait, wait. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Say, you know, you are no longer for me. Whatever. Yeah, that no, was a couple of emoticons. And yeah. I'll take a break. Back after this, ladies and gentlemen, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Darcel joining us here just a few minutes. Stay right there. Emerson Radio Program, an excursion into whimsy. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-733-2970. Richie Bristol, once again, remembering how to position a microphone. <laughs> Here's the, you know, you can, hold on, let me get you. I have to get you like one of those Madonna Garth Brooks microphones. Well, it's funny because Richie's extra super like awkward and nervous right now. I can't imagine why that would be. Richie, why are you nervous today, Richie? Because we have the Queen of Queens here. Darcel. Yeah. Hello. I remembered my name. How great. Hello, Darcel. How Hi. are you today? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm going to just, just for those, uh, I will just, uh, one of those things, there are no superlatives uh, grand enough. The star of Darcel and company for over 35 years with incomparable glamour and glitz. Stand-up comedy, naughty, snappy, peppy, and hot. An extraordinary entertainer. Who gets better with age, Darcel? So thank you for joining us. Thank Darcel. you for that. That's very nice. Thank so, you. Uh, and so we'll just start with uh, some of the some of the, sort of the facts. So you've been so um, you've been doing this for how long? Um, just in general, sixty-seven, nineteen sixty-seven, nineteen sixty-three years ago. And what was the uh, what was the moment of clarity? What was the impetus? Uh, where right after my frontal lobotomy. <laughs> and he said it all it became fine. very clear. It very, very clear. Put a dress on and make some money. Excellent. That is the American way, Absolutely. my friend. Absolutely. So, and so, ourselves uh, is very much, I mean, it's, uh, it, how does it feel to be uh, to be an icon, really, to be? Icon sounds better than institution. Uh, yeah, well, that's <laughs> the lobotomy <laughs> part. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they put people in institutions. Yeah, I, I don't know how that happened. Uh, somebody coined that along the way, and. And it's kind of nice. I I love what I do, and love doing it in Portland, and accepted well, and do all kinds of things outside of just outside of our club. Our club's at 208 Northwest Third, by the way. Oh my God! Make sure I have that written down. 208 Northwest Third uh, Avenue. Third, and 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 while I've never been, everybody I know who has, they just that it is just the very definition of uh, of an overwhelming experience in all the right ways. It is that uh, would that would explain it, right? Sensory there. overload. Mark, I think you and I need to go together because I haven't been there either. All right. It's we'll fine do with it. me. You just tell me when. All right. Friday. I'll Friday. Save the... <laughs> 10 o'clock. Wait, Friday tomorrow? 10 o'clock. Is that tomorrow? Friday tomorrow or Friday when? 
Tomorrow. Uh, see, now you got to pick the one day I can't do. I know. Why do you got to be there? Sarah and I, because Sarah and I are doing something else together tomorrow. We never do anything together, and we're actually doing something together tomorrow. Well, we'll go. What are you doing tomorrow together? And what hotel is it in? Well, it's it's next to the Jupiter Hotel. Next to the Jupiter Show with the Doug Fur. Oh, I love that place. I've had tickets for some time. Yeah, there's a band called the Gutter Twins. That's great. I love it there. Now you know that Richie. I mean, undoubtedly, you're aware that Richie is sort of a an apprentice, a pupil. Uh, in the world of drag, Richie, is that right? Would you, yeah. would you say that? And so, have you discussed this with ourselves? Have you told us a little bit? Done up quite well today. I have to say that I have never seen Richie quite so nervous before. He has really been fluttering around here like a moth on speed. Uh, and he brought all of his uh, accessories and his dresses. For you, I don't. Want- I don't hit anybody. You know what I mean? I'm I'm okay. I'm safe. And so, <laughs> and so do you so you know being the legendary Darcel, do you get a lot of uh, do you get a lot of people who are just sort of tell me what to do? How should I look? Yes, what should a I... lot of telephone calls about um, uh, where do you buy your shoes? That's the first thing they ask because we have a little larger feet than I wear a size 12 petite myself. Now, I was going to say you know if you're you know if you're in drag. That, I never thought about that, but you got there got to be a whole separate place where you buy your clothes, probably. I make all the clothes in the show. Really? Yes. I don't really? buy off the rack. Oh, well, of course. I mean, you know, you want to be gauche about it or anything. Well, I, I, if I wouldn't know what size to buy. I'd probably have to go to Lee and Bryant. Hey, uh, Richie, have you thought about this? Have you thought about I mean, so you're not shopping at Torrid or something? Have you thought about the making your own clothes? That'd be interesting. I'm just yeah, saying. I mean, you can do anything. I used to sell, actually. I know what a gusset is, and I know about zipper sizes. Who puts gussets in? I don't know what that is. Well, it's sewing stuff. Oh, I see. I, I put a zipper in. for sports. <laughs> I know how to do that. No what but- did you say? What no buttonholes. No buttonholes. Gusset. It's uh, the crotch area. Oh, I know about crotch area. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Bada bing. Uh, well, we should talk about the Oscar night, uh, the red carpet event at the Oscar night. There. Is coming up. So excited. Oscar night, uh, the Oscar night event at the Hollywood Theater put on by Film Action Oregon. You can find out more and get tickets, by the way, at filmaction.org. It is going to be Sunday, February 22nd at the Hollywood Theater for the screening of the Academy Awards. And it is actually the only sanctioned screening in Oregon, the only screening that is sanctioned uh, by the Motion Picture uh, Academy of Arts and Sciences. And it's going to be uh, quite a night. It's beautiful. I did it last year. I was on the red carpet last year talking to people outside, and then we moved inside, and, and uh, it was exciting. We had a great time. Now, we saw, I saw some of the literature from last year, the, the flyer they put together, and, and so Sarah and myself are going to be there along with Richie, and our good friend Tim Riley will be there as well. And but I only kind of have the vaguest idea of what to expect. Yeah, and it's it's all very sort of amorphous at the moment. So what's it like? Is it is it glamorous? Well, you do you work on the main stage, right? Mm -hmm. I think so. Probably tap dance and bring your instrument, little soft shoe, ukulele, (laughs) bring your tom tom, and and but I know that Richie is. Richie and uh, is very sort of uh, excited by yet overwhelmed by the prospect of of being there, and I think is uh, well. Not... I think he just wants to learn from you. That's what I think you're most excited about, right, Richie? Yeah. Oh my goodness, do I have a lot to tell you? Because you need a lot of help from what I'm looking right now. <laughs> oh no, that's what I was waiting <laughs> yeah. for right there. I, I'm terribly sorry, but your eye makeup is just <laughs> in the <laughs> toilet. Yeah, so, I'm not good at that. Well, so what are the biggest? Uh, so for Richie, or for anybody, with the biggest uh, biggest mistakes, biggest things he needs. Do what to think Not of. enough makeup. Be yeah. sure to put makeup on. So, Richie, do you uh, what do you what do you do for makeup? Uh, Zora Phoenix. She does my makeup. But I mean, oh. he needs to do more than. Oh, he has oh. a makeup artist. Well, I know, you better know how to do it. And myself. That won't last long once you start really doing drag because you have to be ready in a moment's notice. So you see, you have you better. Start paying attention to what she does. Well, that's the thing. It's Richie. It's like you know, giving you a does fish she or teaching you a fish. Or, or, or Saks Fifth Avenue. No, she's on Lips uh, Cabaret. 
She's what? At Lips Cabaret up in North Bank. So you oh, can't commit sure. to a okay. location yet, though, Richie. So, I think oh. so is she a drag queen? Yes. And you trust another drag queen to do your makeup? She's sabotaging she you, Richie. I would swear I would never let anyone get near me with the, with the paintbrush if it was another drag queen. <laughs> I thought it looked great. It probably did, Ricky. Not tonight. Not this afternoon. The, but, I mean, is that I never really thought about that, that it, Richie, that if you're like, uh, if it's you and another drag queen, you're trusting her to do your makeup, then she yeah, might it's be... It's totally uh, like showgirls. She Here, might be making you look okay, but not that good. Years ago, I, I let a, 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 what I thought was a dear friend drag queen... Uh, pin feathers on my costume. Uh-oh. And as I walked across the stage, the pins went and the feathers went. It was very, very interesting. That really is like showgirls. Yeah. Uh, I told you that sabotage genius. It is. It's sabotage. Glass marbles on the stage is what that is. I'm sure. I'm so, sure. Richie, and plus you got to be able to do, I would imagine, look, if you're going to be doing this, you've got to be, like, you don't have to be calling somebody on the phone every time you want your makeup done. You should be able to do that in a pinch like That's, MacGyver. But you got to learn it from somebody, you right? Well, yeah, but, yeah, but you pay attention. Yeah. So do you recommend and, and, and don't for, and don't be afraid to look, don't my don't be afraid to put it on. Don't for, be don't stop. Keep going with it. Okay. I tell that to women. Women call. Oh, I wish I could look like you. Just do it. Put makeup on. Yeah. It's just. Uh, right. I mean, go really, for it. don't be afraid to go to, full like Tammy Faye. I'm gonna do it, it too, uh, Richie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can see uh, right behind and you don't there. Don't use Cover Girl. Use theatrical makeup. Theatrical? Yeah, yeah. Don't use cover girl. Richie, they make that burn uh, that burn victim makeup now. That's that you what can I did wear when I was on TV. <laughs> <laughs> now, when you're on TV now, like for high definition TV, Sarah was telling me this. I because have to of, wear it. Because of HD TV, they actually have this makeup, and the woman's like, "That's the same thing they use for burn victims. It Put this on. It covers everything. Everything, <laughs> like everything. not a pore on your face. No, I mean, nothing, it worked magically. Nothing. Yeah, and you barely open your mouth. Mm. You barely get your mouth open. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so there you go. So what are you wearing? What what well, dress yeah. are you wearing? So he's got these two dresses behind you. Are his are his I think options? You should, would you mind these... if he put on the dress? No, I wouldn't mind at all. Okay. All right. So uh, Richie, do you want to just do that? I mean, right. you can just do that here if you want to. I don't care. Matter to me. He already stripped in front of us. Yeah. I mean, he had a he, short dress. Yeah, he already. Uh, this is a, he has a short red one. He didn't try on the red one for us. But he tried on the blue, and it looked quite lovely. Red on carpet. Him. You have to wear a long dress. So, and I and so we and uh, he had the two. He had like a plum color. He and really is getting naked right now and putting on a new dress. And he has this whole. And Sarah really nailed it when she said, "Richard brought this whole stripper oh, bag." Oh no, he's got it. He's going to do it all for us. You yeah. turn. Close your eyes. Oh. We've been horrified by so many things oh, on the show. You have no idea. Yesterday. Yeah. We're, we're I, like family. You they they asked me um, some of the questions at the end of the show. I always ask how many questions, and I'll say things. And they'll ask, uh, "Where do you put it?" Well, you know, we smile out on stage and never sit down. Yeah, it is a <laughs> very discreetly. Uh, by the way, we should say the website is Darcel Fifteen. That's with Roman numerals. Darcel D A R C E L L E X V dot com, and you guys have uh, on March fifteenth, I believe it is March fifteenth. Uh, Galaxy of Glamour is our Le Femme Magnifique's international uh, party, and it'll be at, at our Darcells down in Old Town. Here's a question I wonder: You go to uh, Darcells at any given night. What is the makeup of the audience? Is it uh, is it gay guys, straight guys, couples, women? Who? What's the what's the breakdown of the audience? You just said it there. There's one. I mean, do you, you get a lot of straight it. guys who come in? You just said it. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. We have uh, people that uh, all ages. And all walks of life. Do you, uh, when people uh, come in to see a drag show, to what extent do you think like there's guys who come in because it's something Where, that they're not uh, they they do you feel like there's guys who are maybe uh, gay but can't admit it and so they go to a drag show because it's like a splitting the difference kind of a thing? 
I try not to get that involved in there, but they're splitting. Uh, I, uh, <laughs> I do know that if they come in and they're just a t- tad uh, uh, shy or not, I don't want to really be there, right. they loosen up after the show starts because we don't do a queer show. We we do a show that's entertaining and right. funny. I think it was our friend Clyde went there, and he was telling me later, he's like, I had the most gorgeous Marilyn Monroe come over and sit near my lap, and and he said, they I mean, always want they want that to happen, but it never happens. And see, that's it, they the lie, old, they lie. <laughs> see, so he was so even so guys even at a drag show guys have to lie about how much they get done. Okay, yeah, they so do. Richie and has, they've always they always have to be told. Uh, they tell me especially they'll say, well, I was in here ten years ago and you grabbed my and I said, uh uh-uh. uh. Rear end, not it. You know. mm-hmm. Right. And I said, oh, no, I never would do that. Now, Wait. Richie has put in. Now, Richie, did you bring your, your you full, doing? like, falsies with you? Now, you just took well, them I out. Did. you got to put I them back in. I and all that stuff, but I didn't put them on. But why don't you Well, you should put them back in. you got to approximate your body. Your body. Back in that? Oh, there's, oh, that's nice. All right. So, Richie's got his uh, blue. And the reason people have asked why we're not putting this on the website. And gloves. You have gloves. No. You're yeah. wearing gloves. What color Please do, because you're very muscular. and that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's the thing. So we haven't put pictures of this up because, uh, of course, Richie wants to unveil this on February 22nd at the Oscar night uh, extravaganza, which is happening at the Hollywood. So that's why we haven't put pictures up. But that's like, okay. So Darcel, Sarah said it yesterday, and now Darcel is saying you got to have gloves with that because uh, because you look because you got like no, linebacker arms. No, yeah, no, you no. could you could be a wrestler. No, like full on. He like, is actually. Yeah, no, he actually is. A, no, he does martial arts. arts. Well, you kind of have to be that when you protect yourself when you're looking beautiful <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know, walk in the streets. It's like if a uh, if a man <laughs> wants more than you're prepared to give, Richie, you have to be able to fight him off. So okay. no, so you got yeah he because he is a wrestler, so you have those big like baseball player arms. You got to cover those things up. Yeah. But no, you got to put your falsies back in okay. and also gloves all the way up. I'm and do you think what color do you think? Black. Black. That's oh, yeah, what I always. thought as well. I wear, the always black. I I make gauntlets. I make with no fingers because I wear rings. So I make, they have a little, you know, like a little point mm. over your hand, and they go clear up to here. All right. So, so what do you think he should do to get more of a figure on that dress? Like, what other what, accessories he's got a think? great figure. Yeah. He's got a little bit of a gut, but I think he's going to put, like, a truss or something, like a girdle. Yeah, it could be a girdle. On. There's yeah. a waist cinch going on. Yeah. I mean, i got to say that the, the uh, dress fits way better than we thought it would. Uh, oh, turn sideways so I'd see your butt. Yeah, a little more padding back. Is it but flat? You don't need it. You're fine. You'll you need a fine. bigger butt. Does he have a flat ass? Well, he, you know, uh, listen. It's solid. Uh, also, the, your 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 falsies are great because the bigger your boobs are, the smaller your waist looks. Mm, but you don't want to overdo it, right? D's. You maybe. do want to overdo it. You're you're a female impersonator. You're not a real woman. Maybe. What do you think? How do you feel? Like a real woman in that? No. Kind of sexy, though. Kind of sexy? Yeah. There's nothing wrong with being sexy, but you're still a man in yeah. a dress. So you've got to make it wonderful and overdone. So anything we're doing overdone. is worth overdoing. Overdoing. That's my theory. I put all my, I get all ready, and then I put more on because I'm jewelry or whatever. Well, here's a question, Darcel. So who are who are real-life women that drag queens look at as uh, to emulate or, you know, as, as you know? Who are the real-life women that you look at, like no Dolly Parton or something? No, there's no such thing as a real woman that, that can... They don't want to look like we do. No, no, but I guess what I'm saying is, are there women oh, who oh, dress like... See. Are there real women who look like drag queens, uh, you know, celebrities like... A, yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, I I don't have a name right now, but years and years ago, and I'm sure your audience, some of your audience, um, remembers Gracie Hansen at the Hoyt mm-hmm. Hotel, and she was certainly uh, at... This was in the 70s, and she was certainly... Uh, a drag queen, a real woman drag queen. Uh, she feathers and rhinestones and gorgeous dresses, and, and she was 
A great lady. Yeah, I mean, I hear somebody said Dolly Parton to me at one time, which I could see because she's so exaggerated, well, she's you know, in, in a way. Me, yeah. yeah. She and just has big breasts. That that's all. She doesn't do a lot of makeup. I don't know. I, I wonder if she kind of, she does sometimes look like she just trowels that stuff on. Though, oh, she turns a lot of lipstick. I remember noticing. I don't know about eye makeup. Though. I don't know. I remember Dolly Parton one anymore. time said that she slept in her makeup. Somebody asked her when she goes. She goes, "Well, I sleep in my makeup." And they they said, "Why?" She goes, "Well, because if there's a fire, I don't want to look all hideous when they come to you know, to save my house." You only do it once when you're a female impersonator, and then it's on your pillow. <laughs> <laughs> so you only do it one time. You remember to. Wash your face. All yes. right. So, uh, so gloves for Richie, uh, and then R- he's got to do something. How about the waist? Like, shoes, heels. Yeah. Have uh, you tried well, walking in them? I got, they look stripper like. Let me see. Size twelve. Those are huge heels. Those are really spiky. Oh, they got buckles on them. The this is the one. Don't no. wear these. These are. These are. Uh, old lady. Now, what are these? Uh, what are these? Uh, the heels you're suggesting? Describe yeah. these shoes you're recommending. What are they? I can't really say. What do they look like? These, these are called springletters. We have it in any form, but I'll tell you off air. Okay. Excellent. <laughs> uh, now, do those have clear heels, Richie? Yeah. Of course. Oh, they're, 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 acrylics. They're acrylics. All, right. All of our people in the show wear acrylics because you can wear them with every color, anything. So they wear this exact shoe without the platform. And so, Sarah, you're you're a shoe person. What, yeah. How would you describe these? What are these? Uh, um, they're like a clear plastic platform with a butterfly in like the front part of the flat platform, and then like a, a clear plastic like over piece on that goes over like the front of your foot. And they're about six inches with a two inch uh, platform. Now is this? Now I always hear that when the women wear heels, and one of the reasons is is because it exaggerates your oh, hourglass figure. I mean, it just makes your whole your body. Your calves. Is that so? Is that going to be? It makes you taller. Now does it hurt your leg? You want it looks better, don't you think? When you wear heels, <laughs> and you have, and does it hurt your legs I'm when you go home, Richie? Rick is not even picking up on any of this. Oh no, I'm enjoying He's it. Just busy, no, I, well, see, because it's like I'm I don't just think thinking you know about how to act. <laughs> 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 well, flustered with two drag queens in the same room. It's not. I'm just sort of like I'm looking at it from like uh, my guy perspective. I'm looking at Richie and I'm imagining like it's got to You got to. How many your legs have got to be all like sore or stretched oh, out yeah. or whatever from wearing oh, yeah. heels? Oh yeah, it's it's harder to wear high heels for a day than it is to work out for a day. I right? wondered if I, I ask if you had been um, if you've been working at, w- walking in those uh, a I lot did for weeks. Before I did the mm. show, and, yeah, uh, he'd be in here in like a big sweatshirt and like sweatpants and heels in the hall because it's very, yeah. I got it down. I danced around. I practiced in them. And so I went. I started out. Uh, started out small and then moved up. I've worn them eight hours at a time. So uh, I did that once. You get very used to it. So how long, Darcel, did it take you before you really felt like you you knew how to put yourself together and look? Uh, you know, look the flawless. very first time. Of course. <laughs> Sorry. That's I should have known. I should have known. Better. Where are you coming from? A fish to water. <laughs> I should be. Uh, I should be. Actually, no. Actually, no. The very first time I, I I ever was made up was my partner of forty some of forty some years, Roxy, uh, made me up, mm-hmm. and it took two and a half hours to paint my face. That's how long. I was totally insane by the time I was finished, and I looked great. And the next time I did it myself, mm-hmm. in 10 minutes. Then when you're a drag queen, do you pick the... I really am. I'm a female impersonator. I'm not really a drag queen. I'm sorry, a female impersonator. So do, now what's the difference between the difference the is I'm an entertainer and not just, quote, drag queen walking around because I want to wear a dress. So, it is a, so it's part of an, it's an overall, it's an overall, so overall like performance. Uh, kind of. Wearing drag is, drag is, is, a, is a word that means if you, you have a T-shirt on now... Right. And if tomorrow you are a suit, that would be your drag. All right. Because so you're not usually wearing a suit. Or the other way around. If a, if a person wears a suit all the time, they slip into 
Levi's and a T-shirt, then that's their drag. And so the difference so is it like just means different. And like Milton Berle is Milton Berle and drag, you know, wearing a dress. That's drag, as opposed to what you do, which is that you. It's an overall performance. It's in other words, it's not just a change it's of clothes. It's not just a change of clothes. No. So when you're a female impersonator, do you find a specific look that works for you, and you stick absolutely, with it absolutely. as a persona, or you don't try to expand? No, absolutely, absolutely. You 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 have to find where you are and who you are, because you're in front of an audience, and you have to know yourself first. If you're going to entertain, you have to know who you are first. You can't go out there and be some mentally billy, nilly, fairy, queer thing. It just doesn't work. You have to be know what you're doing. What was the reaction in Portland when the when the club uh, first opened? Was well, it? we were a lesbian bar when we first opened, so the reaction was, "Wow, good, have, we'll have entertainment." Mm. And then uh, Susan Stanley wrote an article in Willamette Week in the '70s, and the doors open, and here we are now. Is it never Portland's a very progressive town, but was there ever any any weirdness, any backlash, anything like that? No, not at all. People embraced it. Well, a couple of missions in Old Town decided they were going to pick at me, but that didn't last long. Well, you know, I have to probably bring it on. I mean, as long well, as, no. yeah, come on, yeah, as long as they know the, as long fact, as they know they the location, it, they pick it, and then uh, they stopped, and we had people come in and say. Where's the entertainment outside? <laughs> so that's over with. Yeah. Uh, from where did the name Darcel come from? If uh, I can ask. My Roxy worked with a uh, lady in the in the fifties named Denise Darcel. She's we I had the pleasure of meeting her. She was from uh, Paris mm-hmm. and she was an entertainer and a and a B movie star. In B movies in the fifties, I would imagine that, and we, we change the spelling. Yeah, and I would imagine that female impersonators probably put there's a real a premium on finding a name that didn't used by anybody. It's an uncommon name, or it's not used by by people. It probably well, Alice is a little bit not. You know what he's It doesn't really cut it, yeah. but uh, not anything wrong with the name Alice. But if you're if you're a six foot four and you know. My name is Thelma. My, my name, yeah, I, I, my name is Alice. That doesn't work. So Richie Bristol, uh, so when Richie Bristol's uh, alter ego name is Rochelle Crystal. Uh, what do you think about that as a as a name? Does it ring well, to work for you? Yeah, you better live up to that crystal part of it. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's clear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I uh, I've heard every name in the book, and some of them are just absolutely clever and wonderful. And some of them are a little too clever if you're going to be an entertainer. Right. So, uh, Richard, do you have, I mean, uh, you have further questions? Anything uh, Anything you feel you absolutely need to know? This is really your Mr. Miyagi yeah, uh, moment here. Yeah, this is like the last time you're going to have to talk with him until... And Darcel is the gold standard. Female impersonator. So, would what? I be one? What? Or what would uh, entail becoming a person? Uh, so, is he an impersonator or a drag queen, would you say? Well, right now, he's, he's half and half. But uh, so <laughs> where I come from, that means something else, yeah, by uh, the way, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I, uh, you know, I don't mean there's anything wrong with calling drag. It's just that I prefer being, ca- I prefer myself and the people on our show are female impersonators, professional female impersonators. Now, drag is a, is a oh, great name. Sometimes people use drag in a derogatory sense, and I don't. And I know you didn't either. You well, either. no, and and I and you know what I realized as you were telling us, you know what it is? It's like when uh, Sarah and I will be talking to people, and somebody will call us DJs. Oh uh-huh. yeah. And yeah. I say yeah. And I don't really correct them anymore, but I sometimes I will say, well, we're you know we do a talk. You're show. a little bit more than that, don't you think? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm a little bit more than a drag queen. Exactly. So I didn't know. I understand. There's an analog to that. Yeah. Um, and Richie is just, I mean, has gone from 
kind of zero to sixty in this because you I mean you haven't really done this for that long, right? So that you kind of just no. dove into. No. So I'm looking for lashes. You wear lashes. Long lashes. Yes. Not uh, little cover girl lashes, but no. long lashes. You're gonna do jewelry. You really don't like the cover girl, do you? <laughs> no, no. Ninety. They're nine. I just say two nine nine. I think is the code name for the lashes. They're made in Korea or somewhere, and they're about like that. Uh-huh. You wear three pair at a time. You know what you're doing when you open your eyes with those on. So do you think Richie should trust um, his lady friend who does his makeup? Uh, absolutely. On absolutely. Night? Abso- absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Are you gonna wear jewelry, Richie? Yes. All right. What uh, what kind of and how much? A uh, lot. Well, a lot. I my grandma's. <laughs> okay. Wait. Wait. What? What? Your who's? My grandmother's. Your grandmother's jewelry. Meisenberg. Mm-hmm. Are they rhinestone? Uh, it, she left it. You know. Just little. tell me what they are. You didn't. I don't know much about them. I just have you seen I have them? a jewelry. Yeah, I have a jewelry box. I, I have what does it look like? That. Are there rhinestones? Uh, there's like a ruby, and then there's an emerald, and then there's a lot of like. Um, kind of like you have no idea. You're bluffing. No, I do. I know there's stones and I know there's shiny. I just haven't touched. I know them. they're no, shiny. shiny. But I mean, could you make okay. it up a little bit? Man, I have no okay. reason to okay. think of. Okay, them. now, okay, don't worry about jewelry. I will okay. bring you a set of jewelry. You will not wear a rhinestone. I mean, a ruby and an emerald, something from your grandmother. Uh huh. Leave it to grandmothers. We're not grandmothers. You're too young to be a grandmother. I love your grandmother. That's not true. But, but, <laughs> but you've got to wear jewelry. They have to see you, and you're going to compete, not compete, but you're going to be standing next to me. So I better look. Oh, that's a competition. Let me tell you right no, now. No, no, oh, I don't want it to feel that. No, no, I just. I mean, you're going to lose. Don't get I, me wrong. No, no. I will bring you uh, earrings and, and a necklace that you may borrow, but I'll keep my eye on you. <laughs> going because they're very, very expensive, about a $1,200 set. So oh, I will bring it. I'll be shaking. No, I would be honored. Be I'll honored. bring. I'll bring a set. It'd be and we'll, we'll be more than willing to hunt him down for you if you want. Uh, no, we'll fit him with a tracking device, like a microchip or something. Don't so. worry, I will see where he goes. <laughs> no, I, really, uh, you I need be rhinestones honored. because you're going to compete—not compete, but you're going to be on the runway with two lovely, uh, lovely ladies. And so, really, I hope you realize that how great this is. Darcel is uh, really taking you. Uh, I'd be honored. And this, this is nice. There's nothing yeah, wrong with this. Yeah, I like it. Don't nothing short, please. It looks way better than we thought it would. We didn't think it, we thought it would be too clingy, and that his figure did would uh, that he'd look lumpy. Did you buy that or did, on the rack? Did, was that from Nordstrom's rack? I don't want to no. give them a no. Where, for my friend Yenny. Oh, she made it. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's good looking. What's well, a, she didn't make just it. Just out of curiosity, just because we're curious more than anything else, what size would you say uh, this dress probably is? Would you have any idea? We were just sort of wondering about it. Well, we it wouldn't fit me. What do you think? <laughs> I said it was a ten. I'm not thinking that's a ten. Yeah, we just we weren't that we was, weren't really clear. 18, three months ago. I don't know, but if someone made it, probably doesn't have a size. That's why I make my own, because I fit it into me, and I'm, I make for the show, and I, I have no idea. That's Can true, and that's, that must be refreshing to not like be obsessing about it. I'm not um, going to have anybody sizes. measure me and make my costumes and tell me that I have a... No. <laughs> Good for you. Hey, do you have your wig, uh, Richie, that you're going to be wearing? Oh, no. yes. Is there a wig? What we color? should see the wig oh, here. cherry red. Darcel should see the wig. Uh, you, have a fo- you have a photo of it? Cherry red? Not... Well, do you have a photo of it? Do you have a picture of it? Something more realistic. Cherry red. Do we have? Is it the same one in your sign oh, that on the one? poster? It, Richie, is that it on the poster? Uh, that's not you. No. That's right, we're looking at the. That is Richie. That's ri- now. That's a picture of Richie right before his first show that he did, which I think the only one he's really done was in December. That was taken a few weeks before his December show. Uh, so he's dropped oh, a lot of weight. 2008. Yeah, that was. Uh, trying to find the. Is Michelle that the same family. color? Mm, no. Now it's just a high quality. Where did you get this wig, Richie? Uh, when I was at the 
Okay, but I mean, you bought. I mean, it's like a you know, it's not like a, like you got it at Woolworths or something. All right. This is always this always very very uh, woman like, don't you think? He's he's sitting like there. You're airing out your gusset. <laughs> And he's saying there's spread eagle with no shoes on. Like, I know. Look at my nylon. Where is it? I mean, you're really, you're just, you're kind of there like a sort of a chunky Asian Sandra Bernhardt. I mean, just sort of like, you know. Um, is it under Rochelle.com and your MySpace friend? Okay. All right. It's coming up. All right. So we're uh, endeavoring to find this. By the way. Uh, it's a short red one, Richie. The short red one. Okay. By the way, Darcel's website, it is Darcel15 with Roman numerals, D-A-R-C-E-L-L-E-X-V dot com. And the uh, Glamour Odyssey show coming up March 15th. March 15th. But uh, February 22nd, Oscar Night America going to be right. happening at the Hollywood Theater. Right. Uh, the film, uh, Film Action Oregon does that. You can find out more at filmaction.org. Uh, Sarah uh, Dillon, Tim Riley, myself, and uh, Richie Bristol as Rochelle Crystal will be there. And Richie uh, slash Rochelle will be uh, out front with Darcel. Yeah, we'll be a, a microphones on our hand. All right. I like so. how the, the names rhyme, too. Yeah. Darcel but, and Rochelle. Oh, Josh. Oh, Dad, uh-huh. That's cool. That's a good ring to it. So tickets and information available uh, at uh, filmaction.org. Do we have a picture of the uh, the wig? Has it come up yet? It's over there. Yeah. All right. Okay, so we should show Darcel uh, what Richie's uh, the wig is. Cause I, it's short. Oh. I just sort of, yeah, there? can you? Oh. Oh. I just turned it off. Oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, I had to. Oh, wait. I'm going to sneeze. Oh, okay. all right. Then we can, yeah, we can, uh, we can mute that. Yeah. And, uh, I think okay. I'm back. <laughs> I think on Sarah's screen, she's got a picture over I here. Say, I see it. It's, it's, it's all right. Do you like it? Yeah, it's a little... Is it just right out of the box, or did you have it styled? Uh, I didn't have it styled. You didn't have it styled? No. Now, you, some... mean, you mean you picked that out of a box and did not and shook it and put it on? <laughs> is that somebody else's old wig, or is that yours, Richie? Did you borrow the wig from someone? His grandmother. It is not her. her, her it could be your grandma. I got it from Chicklet. From who? Is that another Chiclet. performer? Yes, it is. Uh-huh. I know these names, but I, and I, but I probably would. I, I know. The look of concern where Richie said he just put it on his head. It was like a hand on the shoulder, and like a please tell me you didn't just take it out of the box. Well, he just told me he did, and uh, Richie. And I guess he has no guidance. Office. He kind of is no. not on this journey alone. Well, he's wandering in the woods. Here's what you have to do. You have to open your eyes when you go see other performers, female impersonator, or even just performers, whatever, wherever you go, and open your eyes and see that and see what you want to look like. And don't be afraid to steal, I would think. And don't see be afraid else. to steal. Yeah. In fact, if, if they're smaller than you are, get the damn wig off the head. <laughs> Not a problem. Just mug them and take mug them. Mug them. It's okay. <laughs> your, your mascara or your life. And, and uh, it's just you have to find yourself with it. I could talk to you all day, but... Be sure that you have a mirror at home on the wall. You have a full-length mirror, Richie? When you paint your face, when you get ready, make sure that you look in a mirror. I swear that many, many female impersonators or drag queens don't have mirrors at home. Or they're just looking like little hand mirrors no, they, they walk no, out the door? No, they just don't seem to get it. Don't get it. So, uh, Richie, this is. I hope you're soaking in all this uh, all this knowledge. Yeah. You're you're coming in very slowly on this. Uh, it is uh, our computer uh, connection is not uh, not lightning fast. So. This is uh, yeah. Well, no. this is uh, low volume. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. It's the the bandwidth uh, is not uh, not the most. Uh, but it's coming. I see your eyes now, and th- this is the makeup that your friend did. Uh huh. Oh, there. On a scale of one to ten, how would you say? Well, I think she's cute. She's cute. He's cute. She's cute. 
That's a thumbs up, she Richie. Has, she has a little pursy little <laughs> lips. And yes, I can see that you took it right out of the box and shook it. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Richie. Did you even try to like oh, comb no. it, Richie? Comb it? It's a brush, a brush. Never it's supposed to be ready. Never right? comb. Yeah, but you, did you brush it out? Kind of moved it. <laughs> she moved it. There was so much going on. I was nervous and I had to show and uh, so you makeup moved and. You know, yeah. I was a rookie. I don't know. I'm still a rookie, but I mean, there was makeup and so much to do. So little time. Dancing and singing and I, like I've told you, the very first time I was drag went to the Hoyt Hotel, I walked by a mirror and I said, "What the hell have I done?" Well, Scared me. These and here I am. This is the advice you need to follow, Richie. All right. uh, the website is darcel15, D-A-R-C-E-L-L-E-X-B dot com. And, of course, if you want to find out more about Oscar Night America, it is happening February 22nd, the Hollywood Theater. You can find out uh, more. Get tickets at filmaction.org. Uh, Sarah Dillon, Tim Riley, myself, Rochelle Crystal, and Darcel. Thank you very much for inviting me. Right. Thank you so for much, Darcel. Seminar. It is, a, no, it, is a, it is a real honor. I mean, that. I think uh, Richie... <laughs> You know, Richie is vibrating with excitement. So uh, thank you so much for coming in. Be sure and sleep before the 22nd. Go each night. You know, make sure. Back after this with uh, David Walker and Davey Nipples on the Top 5. Stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's like I had that time I had that idea for the Sam and Ella morning show. All right. <laughs> I'm Sam, I'm Ella, I'm Sam and Ella. Twin test. <laughs> okay. Five, four, well, the, thank you, Sarah. Three, Ripcord. Two, one, Whiskey. Bravo. Fire. What's that from? What? Whiskey, Bravo, Tango, Foxtrot. I don't know. That's what I always say. Oh. Yeah, I got nothing. Uh, it is the name, I believe, of a... Uh, what is it, a song by the Bloodhound Gang or by Ween or one of those bands that we're not allowed to, uh, to say on the air or play? Ooh, did I tell you I got the official CBS Radio legal approved edit of that Britney Spears song? Really? Ooh, yes. We'll play it tomorrow. All right. Uh, we are here with David Walker and Davey Nipples. Now, David Walker, you have put together... Uh, tomorrow we're going to be doing the top five Stevie Wonder love songs. But today... Oh, man, I wish I'd come up with that one. I wish I'd be doing that one. I know. Uh, but you have your own sort of Valentine's Day themed top five. <clears throat> yeah, I, I wrote this down as my top five songs reflective of my past relationships. <laughs> I love it already. I haven't even heard it, and I love it. Uh, so these are now are these in any uh, particular order? Or are these just the first ones that came to mind? Or did you, did you think long and hard about this? I did. I did think a while about it, and but I thought specifically of the of I would say the last ten years of my life, and so. But these were the songs that best encapsulated my feelings about the women I've dated in the last. So if we were to externalize all of your relationships and romantic entanglements over the past decade, they would manifest themselves in these songs. These five songs, exactly. All right, ladies and gentlemen, David Walker. All right, let's see. Number five here, we have Fishbone off of their self-titled debut album, Lion Ass Bitch. <laughs> One of my favorites. It's the station everybody can agree on. It's hard to believe we don't get played in Safeway. <laughs> this is a song is sort of self-explanatory. Actually, the song is actually about a healthy relationship until another woman comes along. And it's actually sung from the woman's point of view. So I've never quite been there, but I do relate to just a lying, deceitful woman. 
say. Have I already asked if these songs are filled with profanity? No, no, no the, the, you have, the and they are The end aren't. of this. Song. The end. We won't get to the end of oh, this actually. The end. I, of the I'm best actually part. very careful about that because I don't. I don't ever want to be on that list with you. As opposed to Scott Daly. Yeah. See, I'm. Who has twice given his top fives with the <laughs> f word in them? No, oh, I would yeah. never do that. Never, ever, ever, ever. So that's number five. But now we'll. We, we kind of got the feel for that. And, one. And by the way, Davey, everybody started bobbing their head, and Davey is a uh, fishbone yeah. baby. You gotta love fishbone. Isn't it the second list you brought in with fishbone? I, I realize were... every list I've put together that I haven't done yet, they all have fishbone yeah. on it. So. Well, that's like how every list I do has Gimme Shelter on it. Yeah. So. yeah. I put fishbone on the punk show. Is that what the one you wrote me about? Uh, I wrote you with uh, Hagfish and Poison Idea. Oh, you yeah. You said you'd play it this week. Oh, we're playing. We have our Poison Idea. <laughs> so, uh, David Walker's uh, top five. These are the top five songs that represent the outlook he has on his past ten years of relationships. Number four is Just Keep It Up by Otis Blackwell. <laughs> Otis. In a literal way? No, no, no. Just oh. You mean his spirits, okay. Sarah. Yeah. I was going to say, was that the reason for the, the breakup? Was yeah. the lack of keep, no, yeah. Yeah. keeping Otis, up his Otis spirits? Otis Blackwell is the number one unsung hero of rock and roll. He's a songwriter who never achieved any great fame, other than for the songs he wrote, which included Don't Be Cruel, uh, Fever... Let's see, what are some other ones there? I can't... He, he wrote a lot of Elvis's big hits. Cool. Um, and you can hear him sort of singing sort of like Elvis, because that was... He, wrote, he also wrote Great Balls of Fire. Um, an incredible musician and singer, but never achieved any fame. I do song. believe he co-wrote Good Golly, Miss Molly. He may have. He's, yeah. he's written tons of stuff, and he's written under several names, too, as well. Okay, so number three... No, no, I have to ask him now. What is the significance of the song? Though? Oh, this is just... Yeah, just keep up treating me like garbage, baby. That's what this is about. Just keep it up. Just keep it up, and, and, and karma is going to bite you on the hiney. Watch what happens. Yeah, it's going to pull a Chris Brown on you, is what it's going to do. <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, yeah. It's going to allegedly pull Chris Brown on you. You know, can I tell you? That's the second time today I've heard someone... I heard someone who I will not identify... And I won't identify somebody who works here saying, uh, I'm going to say, I heard somebody saying to another man saying, bitch, don't make me go Chris Brown on you right now. Oh, <laughs> man, like I. Ouch. All right. Man. Ladies and gentlemen, David Walker's top five, top five songs that encapsulate the feelings about his past ten relationships. This song's very mellow. This is called Wouldn't It Have Been. Um, and this is by a local musician. I want to get a plug in for a local musician. A guy named Red Ray Frazier. And uh, and this song is all about, and this is the one I think I relate to a lot. It's all about, usually I'm the one who messes up the relationship. At least up through my 20s I was. Then once I got into my 30s, it was always their fault, amazingly enough. Because you'd I, figured out who you were. Exactly. And so that's what this song is about. So when we get to the chorus, which is about 58 seconds in, it's really, it's very accusatory. Can you see the time on this, Sarah? Where we're at? Uh, we have about four minutes. No, I mean, how, in, in, oh, on the song? No, he's playing it from his computer. Uh, we are about. Uh, Is there profanity that's coming? No, no, we're about we're about thirty-five seconds of the song. Okay, so it's it's coming up on the good part right here. I like, by the way, the fact you know that it's fifty-eight seconds in. That's timing it. As though you've compulsively listened to it over and over again, thinking that I will find you and kill you. No one will ever find your corpse. Here we go. This is the part. Look who's pointing now. Wouldn't it have been so good if we stayed? Stayed in love, but you threw it all away. If I had to bet on who screw up this thing, I never thought it'd be you. That's right. I never thought it would be you. I'm usually the loser in the relationship. But oh, David Walker has a heart, <laughs> and it has been broken. No, nah, it hasn't been broken so much as it was just, it just wasn't used properly. 
Okay. So. <laughs> I could take that. Now, it was a toss-up between the number two and the number one song. I couldn't decide which to go with. Number two, I think, is really my number one song of all time, but I put it number two on this list just because it seemed appropriate. So, if you're ready to go into it, this is a short one. This is Bad Brains, Sailing On, nice. the ultimate I Am Done With You song. I think this is a minute and 30 seconds. Something like that. Yeah, the ultimate. This is just a you're in my rearview mirror song. Yes, yes. Driving as fast as I can. Oh, did I run you over? Oh, well, too bad. <laughs> I love this show. Can I just tell you this? We have this, which was preceded by Darcel, which was preceded by Twincest, which was preceded by a real doll discussion, which was preceded by talking about, I think, must have been zombies at some point. Because I got a bunch of people sending me that Pride and Prejudice with Zombies book that's coming out. So That covers all the bases. Seriously. Best show ever, really. And I don't say that myself because it sounds many. self-aggrandizing, but I mean, come on. It's pretty good. And are we ready for our number one song? Oh, yeah. Oh, we're ready. For our number one song, we have to go back to 1964. This is the original version of the greatest anti-love song probably ever recorded. This is Gloria Jones' 1964 version of Tainted Love. Hey, look at you almost in the post there. And... Uh, this is a great version. I was this just listening to this the other day. The, uh, now, I'd never heard the 76 version that she recorded with Mark Bolin. Have you oh, heard I haven't that heard one? That one, no. Yeah, Mark Bolin produced her uh, 1976 solo album, Vixen. And you can actually hear that version on, on, on like YouTube, and it's great. Cool. But this is, my, this is my ultimate Valentine's Day song. This is what I think of ultimately relationships. And I've gone to therapy to try to get past all of this, but it ain't helping. Now, have you really? Yes. Okay. Because sometimes people go, and the blah, 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 therapy, but it's like, you know, it's just sort of like a punchline or whatever. But No, instead I wrote a movie about it. Well, so. that's a kind of therapy. Yeah. That's okay. therapeutic. And it's, you know, I was going to say it's cheaper, but that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well done. All right. Fantastic. Uh, David Walker, by the way, while we're thinking about it, uh, people can, uh, more of your wit can be experienced at badass, with Z's, badassmofo.com or the davidwalkersite.com. If you can call it wit, that's what you can get there. Excellent. Uh, and while they're there, they can find out how to get the Black Santa's Revenge or... Or Damaged Goods. Damaged Goods. special. Valentine's Day special. You can buy my DVD, my most, the most unromantic comedy of all time, for only $10 on my website. Madasmofo.com. Or the davidwalkersite.com. Uh, David Nipples? Mr. Nipples? Uh, Stormlarge.com has all the info for Miss Storm and uh, everything that's coming up. Last Ball Show, February 20th at Dante's and... Happy Valentine's Day. All right, thank Actually, you. Storm and I are celebrating Valentine's Day today because she will be working on Saturday. So. All right, well, happy special, wish your baby a happy Valentine's Day. Special love to you, baby, from Daddy. I don't know who you were talking to there, frankly. I, there could I, was, have been looking, any number. I was looking at you when I said it. The thing is, you were looking at me, but I thought you were talking uh, to Sarah, but then I realized it might have been Storm, but you were still looking at me, so I'm all kinds of confused. All three of you? I thought it was me. Uncomfortable silence. There we go. Thank you. Uh, and I'm out. Uh, all right. Uh, we want to thank uh, David Walker, Davey Nipples, Darcel, uh, and uh, as well as Cena Radio correspondents Lisa Desjardins and Steve Kastenbaum. Uh, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day with the lovely, talented Sarah Dillon for AM970, the talker in the newsroom, David Walker on the phones, Richie Bristol. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn, the webmistress, Bridget from upstairs, and of course, CBS Radio Portland marketing guru, Susan Don't F with Me Reynolds. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include Dorothy Carcassari for the National Enquirer. Um, Ketzel Levine, formerly 
of NPR Radio and Scott Daly of FilmFeverRadio.com. Uh, so thank you all for being with us uh, and so forth. As always, thank you for listening. Like us next. Michael Mara Show at 7. Phil Hendry tonight at 11 p.m. See you at 10 for the recap, 11 for the show. Uh, be safe. Welcome to next. Bye. <laughs>